Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. Late night. What's up, Chalky? Do you remember Fuel TV? Dude, of course I remember Fuel TV. Fuel was epic. I know it is. But I have some exciting news. And what's up? Fuel TV is back. What? It's so sick. Yeah, back and better than ever. And they are the newest sponsors of the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Yes, I love it. Thanks, Fuel. You know what the best part is? Of course I do. You can now get Fuel a whole bunch of different ways. You can subscribe to their new app called Fuel TV Plus and get their entire library of shows like Built to Shred, Danny and the Dingo, and Drive Through, and also their 24-7 channel, all commercial free. To subscribe, just go to plus.fuel.tv and download the app. The other way you can watch is Samsung TV Plus channel 1179. That way is free and includes the better than ever fuel TV that we all know and love. Skate, snow, and our favorite... Surfing. Surfing. Wow, Lyndon, that's pretty awesome. Really pumped. Hell yeah, it is. Welcome back, Fuel. Welcome back, Fuel TV. Foo Wax. The wax that's found under all of the best surfers on the planet. You mean late night? Always under my feet. And Chalky? How do you think I pull those big airs? And layback Lars. And those laybacks. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. we're not doing the 90s again, are we? I don't do those anymore. Foo Wax, the best wax in the game. Foo Wax. Bonsai balls. They only use real Asahi, not like all those other imitators using sorbet full of sugar. Yuck. They also get their honey from a and bee pollen from a bee farm. Healthy and delicious. No processed honey. What also makes them amazing is that they roast and make their own peanut butter. Damn! They've got seven locations. And download the Bonsai Bowl app to skip the line. Skip the line. Order ahead. Bonsai Bowl, healthy, delicious. Caliente Southwest Grill. Healthy Mexican food featuring local organic ingredients. They also have great salads, vegetarian and gluten-free options. Wow. Yep. Don't they also cater and make party packs? They do. They have all your needs for all your events. Nice. Visit calientesouthwest.com. Or go to the restaurant in Costa Mesa off of 17th Street. Caliente Southwest. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Crafted in San Diego. It's an adult beverage built for all walks of life. Bro, you've had it, I've had it. It's delicious. It is so good. It's refreshing, only 100 calories, all organic, no sugar, also gluten-free with 0.0 carbs. Hashtag enjoy cold Ashland hard seltzer. There is a saying that you don't stop playing when you grow old, but rather you grow old when you stop playing. Iconic Life is an adventure-driven company that seeks to embrace life to the fullest and to never stop playing. 
Check out their natural hemp CBD products that help those that believe in that philosophy. Check out iconic.com. Spelled I-K-A-N-I-K. Again, iconic.com. Or on their Instagram at iconiclife. Pata Sushi, a new sushi place here at the Albertsons in Newland Center. Your go-to spot for grab-and-go sushi, handmade, fresh daily. You can get all your favorites or get something custom. And make sure to stop by on Fridays for the $5 special. Pata Sushi. At Albertsons in the Newland Center off of Beach and Adams. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Welcome guests and listeners and all you podcasters out there we got a special guest just drove in from deep mexico he's an industry veteran he's has an eye for talent he's been a team manager at o'neill for 30 years i don't know how long long time 25 25 all right yeah um he's put a lot of uh, young talent on the map and helped groom them um to be professional and be their best and we're super stoked to have Garth, Tarloban, right? Tarloban. <laughs> yeah. Last name's Tarlo, but Tarloban. Tarloban. That's pretty epic. Yeah. And Gerlach gave you that yeah. one? Ger. Yeah. Sick. He's he's pretty witty. He's good at creating names. Yeah, he's got a, a lot of little like side names for all kinds of these snips. He's, yeah. He's kind of throwing the masses their little nicknames. Yeah. Well, which is good because they they stick. You got you got Chucky over here, which which is you know. It's stuck. It's a pretty good one. I it's like pretty it. good. Um, it's funny because, you know, Garth is a behind-the-scenes guy, but he's a veteran. But I, we've had a lot of guests. Mention your name. Like, Probably the most. Probably one of the one of the names that gets mentioned in the podcast more often than, than, than most people. Yeah. Timmy Reyes, Brett Simpson. Shit, like a lot of people. Gurr. Um, and, yeah. Uh, so we're stuck. I know a lot of guys that that we have sponsored yeah. throughout the years. You know, have, have been on the show. Yeah. Um, it's it's been, it's been classic listening to it. It's, it seems like um, hearing everyone's story, kind of, and then and, and kind of like, oh yeah, I listen to the guy's story, and it kind of authenticates it. You know, we've been with him. Yeah. I know. Uh, you know, we sponsored Archie for for a while, and and uh, and him and I were roommates for a long time. Cool. So That's funny. That was a uh, a good one that you guys just recently did. Yeah. So start. Let's start at the beginning. Like, like, how'd you get into surfing? I had a brother that was a surfer who's six and a half years older than me. Dang, that's kind of a big gap. Yep. So, um, right around like seventy four, seventy six, I kind of got introduced to surfing, and that was kind of like a pretty radical, kind of like a pretty localized, like rough time, kind of in surfing with with, with there was kind of a a pretty big local scene. And um, where where are we talking? Kind of through that, like Huntington. My brother surfed a lot of balsa, a lot of Huntington cliffs, trussels, and that. Hmm. And um, I didn't really, it didn't really, I didn't really stick. I it, I got involved, I surfed, and then kind of was like kind of always waiting for a place to kind of graduate to as far as a surfer. And so, um, so where did you where did you grow up? So I grew up inland as a kid. And then right around 1984, 85, I moved to Newport. Okay. And um, actually a little later, 85, 86, just right in there. And, but my childhood was, you know. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. 
Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Um, going surf with my brother, getting old enough to then to ride the bus to the beach and surf on the weekends and, um, and, and then started competing right around probably 83. Sick. Where, where, where inland? I grew up in Florida. I went to Sunny Hills High School. Uh, for a year and then kind of like literally just kicked out of that and uh, and started spending most of my time at the beach and, and going to independent study. Was, was your brother pretty cool about like, hey, hop in, I'm going to the beach? Like pretty inviting and like trying to help? Like, yeah, I or... think, I, well, I think a lot of that is too. Like older brother gets forced to take younger brother. So yeah. it's like, hey, he can gather a couple bucks for fuel and take your little brother with you. Yeah. Coming, coming that late, you're like the only child in the family, you know? So it's so it's how it's a tag along. It's kind of a good cover too with the parents, like yeah. you know, like oh well, I'm taking you know guard, so it's it's cool. Sister, you know? sister, gonna... sister gets asked asked on a date. You gotta take your little brother to the movies with you, type thing. It's just a nightmare deal. Was your brother a good surfer? Uh, yeah, he was pretty good. He was into, he's kind of into everything. My brother was like one of those guys. that was like he was a good skier. He's a good surfer. He raced motocross. This guy was a hang glider. He just did yeah. everything. Kind of like a, a did all kinds of things and. Um, and ended up becoming like a, a pretty successful successful medical doctor now. Wow. Yeah, sports medicine guy. Awesome. Jeez, that's awesome. Yeah. Hard yeah. to fill those shoes, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all of them. What's his number? I'm hurt over her. He's a good dude, yeah. So so you started off in Bolsa and Cliffs and stuff like that, Yeah. Right? Okay. And then kind of like as I got a little bit kind of older and kind of like, like young teenager kind of graduated, started mm-hmm. surfing like that kind of river kind of 56th street area kind of in the general area that i live now mm-hmm. and um yeah just kind of you know did what kind of most guys i think were doing at the time just kind of surf for fun started kind of getting into competition then started kind of doing all you know at the at that point it was kind of it's different than it is now kids go and do um, open season and explorer and yeah. say that was like the big thing then and so it's like it used to be you started out an explorer and if you were good enough you jump you, up you the jumped open, you do open yeah, season yeah, you yeah, know yeah so i kind of went through the explorer and then did the open season um and and, and like everybody you know kind of just cut my teeth there so so going back and you were mentioning localism were you talking about localism at bolsa in in the cliffs or were you talking about newport no, no, kind of more. I kind of noticed it more as a, as a little kid in that area, kind of Bolsa, the Cliffs, and like north side of the pier is a Grom. You yeah. know, there's that whole wind and sea scene there. Um, and because I didn't live at the beach as a kid, it was more like, where's the conditions good? Hit it up. And then as a little tiny kid, I was, you know, it, this is, you know, 
pre um you know 82 yeah. when that was that big el nino so it was like lowers really wasn't that great of a wave yet um you know the the big the big moment for me at lowers really was is ron quigley took me there when there was wow. an op surf shop challenger on churches and he's like the river blew out the waves are good up here let's go check this out so yeah, i was going to trussles and surfing uppers cottons and churches yeah yeah it wasn't like a lower thing. Lowers is a pretty straight point. And that river blew out and that that wave created itself. And that's where, uh, you know, for that moment, the guys that I was kind of admiring, which were the go- the goofies, you know, yeah. the goofy footer was, you know, I traveled around, cruised around with Bud Lama a bunch. And then, you know, I'd hang out and, uh, and tag along with Ron Quigley when possible. That's right. So tell us, uh, like, how was your progression coming from inland and then, you know, what was your first board and then when did you start getting in the surf or competition? Yeah. So, um, well, funny enough, cause I started so small, the first boards I started on were, were knee boards cause they didn't really have a lot of kid boards. So yeah. I started on a little knee board and surfed it. That was common. Yeah. It was, yeah. uh, it was a little small face. Um, and that was a Newport, uh, that was, frog a, house. That was a frog house. Yeah. yeah. And so it was kind of like a, we found like a narrow, cause it, at that point it was like, your first surfboard you're, you're learning on is your brother's board. He's pushing yep. you kind of on, um, on just regular single fins. And then there was that moment where I was like, uh, hey, you're going to get your own board, which was that I can remember it kind of distinctly, a small face. It was a knee board, but I surfed on it and, uh, and kind of just, you know, really never thought I was going to really make anything. I thought this is just something I'm getting to go do. I get to go hang with my older brother. Yeah. And um, subsequently, the skate scene was going on at that time. That's when the concrete wave opened, um, which is a skate park that was in Anaheim yeah. years ago. Uh, Big O, Skatetopia, Lakewood Skate Park. Uh, all those parks were opening. We were yeah. skating and surfing. And, um, and obviously those I was... Those were the good old days, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, you're, and I was probably, you know, getting exposed to a lot of stuff I probably wasn't supposed to get exposed to because I was <laughs> hanging out with a guy that was yeah. six and a half years older than me, you yeah. know? So every little... Tr- part of the way you're getting invited and tagging along and, and sort of seeing things that were different. And then, so I'd say right around, um, 79 ish, I got a, uh, I got a 79, 80. I got like this really killer, like wing swallow little twinny. It was a, uh, it was a Dennis Jarvis twinny. Nice. Wow. And, um, and that was the thing there that hooked me. Yeah, you know they never went backside great because I was kind of graduated from surfing so much with my brother and was that now like getting to the beach either with friends, parents, my parents, or taking the bus. I was surfing a lot of lefts. Yeah, and so they're kind of fun to ride. You know, like forehand, they always work well forehand, and that thing kind of worked really well. And it would work well around river and surfing a little, you know, all throughout the streets in Newport, and even you know Huntington when when the lefts were good. But it didn't go back in. And I kind of distinctively remember this, this moment, right, that everyone kind of remembers. Well, you were probably already, like, like physically and ready, mentally ready, but the board just wasn't going where you wanted yeah, to go. Yeah, it doesn't go where you yeah. want to go. I think everybody tells this story about this era. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I want to go there, but you kind of can't go there. And you really hear it more, <laughs> about, so more about these backhanders that live these right point breaks. And we don't. You know, we don't get a lot of great rights. There's like, you know, if you live in this part of town, you know, you get your odd days 
at north side of the pier, you get your odd sandbars down the beach. You get your, you know, there's little sporadic yeah. good rights, right? And you, But those twin footings weren't taking you where you want to go. And then this is kind of like some point of 83, 84, it was like that thruster had come out and it was like, I'm going to get one of those, you yeah. know what I mean? And, and you've uh, been surfing for a while. Yeah. yeah, I've been surfing for a little while. Yeah, your, you ability, your ability's there. I'm I could sure. surf. Yeah. I, you know, probably to the, you know, to the guys that are good, I'm not, I'm okay, you know? But you get on one of those things and all of a sudden you're just pointing it and going where you want to go where you could never go before. Progression yeah. just went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, everybody that's riding a thruster now is getting better like not every surf, but probably like every week or two weeks they're progressing because they're yeah. learning what they can, they can do. And there's just so much happening, right? Yeah. In surfboards, they're going from V bottoms to concaves getting out. There's so much stuff's happening. Yeah, rails surfboards, four inches square. Exactly. Everything's changing. And then, um, you know, gosh, it's like I'm, I'm doing a little bit of competitions. Never really, you know, felt like uh, I was going to excel, but just kind of was like, Hey, you know, my friends are doing, it's fine. Let's just do it and see how we do. And good kinda, beach day, get a goodie bag yeah, at the it, end it, of the it, day. It, it is what it is, right? Never yeah. really kind of took it super, Seriously. super serious, you know? Because yeah. Yeah. I was like, hey, I kind of enjoy it. And that was probably right prior to, right about 16 years old, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, four, 15, 16 right in there. And then... Um, did you have some success? I had a little bit of success, kind of okay, in the NSSA. kind of did well in all these little like local small events. And then I um, I actually, uh, you know, my first kind of interaction with O'Neill was right at that time. It was with um, Tim Bernardi yeah. and John Gothard. We're working with Legends. Don Craig that actually worked for Pat O'Neill and... Um, and they were kind of assembling a bunch of guys. And so obviously, you know, at that point, there was these like amazing surfers that were riding for O'Neill. Yeah. Obviously, it was like... So you weren't sponsored yet? I was not sponsored yet. Yeah. No board sponsor, no... I had... I was getting like, de you know, kind of like a, a deal. A I wouldn't consider deals. a sponsor. Kind of like a bro deal, kind yeah. of on board. What were and you riding? At that point, I was riding um, some lineups and some lipsticks. Nice. I don't know if you guys remember that. Jack Sykes. And Jack Sykes and Howard Duck. Howard Duck. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Howard Duck. And um, lipsticks. Wow. <laughs> That's a long time ago. Is, yeah. You're old. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's not, I, 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 don't, I don't even know what those guys do. I don't, I, you know, Jack's, I think fishing. Yeah. Hmm. Competitive fishing and making a few boards here. There's a guy at church that I think is him. Wow! I didn't. Um, I, I was. I wanted to say, "Hey, Jack Sykes," but looks I looks didn't. and yeah. has a vibe. Yeah, yeah. That's surf crusty. <laughs> it's pretty funny. So yeah, so that's kind of like the to so, the to the early '80s and kind of like I think in my like formative years of. Um, so Gothard at that time was like sponsored, like he was ripping. Kinda, he was the man. He was ripping. Like, he was the man, and he, he was, was a cover boy. He yeah. was a magazine. He been on the cover. A, so they take like you said they were kind of putting out a few kids the, together on under, kind of this program. Yeah, and um, and you he moved to Newport then. By the uh, yeah, yeah. I was I was staying with um, I was staying with Howard actually. He was making boards for me, and um, he's a goofy foot too, right? He was a goofy, yeah, yeah. and um. And he was a guy who was pretty well plugged in in Newport Surf and Sport because he's making boards for Paul Hughes and Stan. And all those guys were like 
just O'Neill guys, you know what I mean? He had already been in Japan, was doing stuff. And so I was kind of like watching those guys program going like, huh, like, that's pretty crazy. Like, these guys are doing events and they're like making some money. And I'm like, I wonder if that's real. Like, ah, I probably, <laughs> probably wouldn't be real for me or whatever. But anyways, I was surfing and kind of like, yeah. you know. Start- How old were you when you moved to Newport? Like pretty pretty young, like well, seventeen. It's about 16, 17. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so I'm trying to think about exactly right about that right time. I mean, I remember the day of going in there, but anyways, I had arranged to kind of go and meet with like uh, with John Groth. And that point, that time, you know, there was no social media. Your Nothing. your resume was on a typewriter. We yeah. didn't have printers yeah. for computers. So you're typing out your resume, your little events that you've done, and you're just wondering if you're going to get shot out of the sky. So I remember like the day that I go there to meet with Tim Bernardi, Don Craig, and John Gothard. Wow. And at that point... Dang. Some uh, legends in the industry. Yeah. Were you intimidated or just like you're already hanging out with these guys? So it's Well, I wasn't hanging with them. I was like, uh, knew, I, I knew they yeah. were going to be sponsors of kids. It was like already guys were like on heaters, like, you know, Bobby Lockhart had won a bunch of stuff. Um, what a barn. Yeah. <laughs> but he was, he was like a, you know, a high profile kid already, yeah, you know. He yeah. was like really Bobby good. Bobby Lockhart. Um, Jeff Scott, you know. Yeah, for sure. um, Those guys were, those guys had already been sponsored. And I was kind of looking at those guys going like, huh, I wonder if that could ever happen, you know, for a kook like me. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> did, it, did it, you said you were part of were you hanging out at a surf shop at the time like did you have a shop i didn't have any shop i was dialed into i just was kind of rolling if it was like i was in huntington i would hang out with those kids if i was you know because that seemed usually the end you know like you had a shop and a shaper and then like you know that was your plug and you hung out my whole plug was 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 kind of the couple shapers that i was getting boards from and kind of spinning through them kind of trying to you know get what was um gonna be right for me and then i remembered like Doing the whole deal where you show up with your resume, and I'm like, "Am I gonna get blown out of the sky going in there and just like sweating brows there?" You know, it's just like, and Gothard is a notorious guy that oh, will like sweat on you, and so here I am, and I'm listening to this guy, and like this dorky kid, just you know, I think, and the thing is, I was really small, so at like at, at 16 years of age, I was probably like five two and 110 pounds. Hadn't even hit puberty yet. You know, I got a car. I'm driving on, sitting on a pillow. You know what I mean? It's just like sun bleached blonde yeah. hair, just all crispy. I can just see Gotham <laughs> just sizing you up, going, okay, oh, what totally. am I going to, what, how am I going to cut this kid down first? Yeah, yeah. So at, at that point, you know, the guys who are riding for O'Neill are, are, you know, that are, that are gnarly are, it's already, it's, that whole crew of Huntington guys, but then their international deals big. So well, I'm thinking O'Neal like O'Neill was the big. Yeah, I mean it's huge now, but it yeah. was the brand. Yeah, you know, it wasn't like you're going after a, a brand that's trying to get established or has roots in regionally. Like O'Neill was the shit. Yeah, like, yeah. So and they had people kind of everywhere that yeah. were riding for them, and their business was great everywhere. And so I'm like, you know, what's the chance <laughs> of this, anyways? So sorry. Yeah. So like when when you found out who to talk to it was those three guys that you were going to it was talk those to. three guys i was going to be speaking to here in orange county because don craig was living here in orange county working for o'neill who did o'neill international for pat o'neill in santa cruz he was down here tim bernardi 
was their whole Southern California rep. And then he had John Gothard, who was his sub rep. So John had already kind of gone through his little phase of professional surfing. Mm-hmm. Already been in videos all over the mags. Rode for Susie, which is the guy, yeah. right? Yeah. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was a time where, like, if you rode for O'Neill, they used to screen this, like, O'Neill either down the back of the suit or down the legs. And those yeah. were the guys who were like, whoa, those are the guys, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, you had that killer turtleneck. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, have, I didn't <laughs> ever got a turtleneck. But that's a popular one for yeah. Sean Thompson all those guys in the yeah. turtlenecks. And Pat O'Neill loved his turtlenecks. But, uh, so funny. Yeah, it's pretty classic. So, anyhow, um, I went in, kind of tremoring, shaking. Put was it thing, an office? Thing? It was an office deal in... Uh, they had an office where those three guys were working at, and they had you know suits that were being shipped out of there and all that showroom slash like yeah. office Mesa slash. or it was um yeah it was over there kind of by the airport in okay. in, in Orange County. I went there and met with those guys and uh, got a little start you know like yeah. here we're gonna put you on some suits at that point you know that is at that point sponsored surfing it yeah. was just free product that's. For sure. A lot of guys were never getting paid any money. It was prize money that was being made. So I just, you know, was like, wow, this is crazy. You can actually, you know, surf pretty decent and get some free stuff. I'm like, save me some money. Save me some money. So so you like tripping the the night before your appointment and then... I think I was tripping the same way kids trip today. (laughs) What I've come to realize is the look that I look at on young people's faces is the same look that you gave that I probably was given like you know I really like (laughs) Uh, Mr. Gothard (laughs) how many times do you have to retype that resume yeah 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 yeah. it's like you know (laughs) and the thing was is I was pretty interestingly at that moment I was pretty select like hey this would be like my uh, my first kind of go to at that point so wait this was your first ever thought of getting sponsored like your first well, approach? I th- no, I thought about being sponsored, but I thought it wasn't going to happen for me. I just thought I know, like, but you didn't attempt to be sponsored by somebody else before. No. Yeah. This, you didn't. this is your first shot. Yeah, this is my first kind of try, like what's going to happen. They might have even felt bad for me, to tell you the truth, because I, I really, in theory, didn't, uh, I wasn't penciling out like a, um, like a, a, a kid who was directly, you know, I think Bobby's maybe 50 or 51. I'm 52, so I'm a couple years older than him. I don't think I penciled out like him. I know I didn't. You know, I didn't pencil out like Otter. I didn't pencil out like Greg Ryan. But for some reason, they were like, hey, cool kid. He's yeah. out in the water. He's getting some waves. He'd be a good representative. Yeah. And uh, whatever. You know, they, they needed a Wilbur Kuchmeyer model. I, don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. You know what I mean? But back then, I th- you know, that was the foundation of, of the brands. Is like, yeah, you getting know, strategic you- with you had to have strategic, yeah, yeah, like exactly kids in each area to yeah. kind of like yeah. be the... And you want to be cool the, kids. The, you know, I mean, I, it's funny. This uh, Just recently, I just saw a marketing thing and, you know, the, the marketing ploy of brands were uh, a guy surfs well. He gets sponsored. He puts a sticker on his board. He influences the kid around town. Yeah. And that kid goes and buys a product. Yeah. Marketing 101. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it used to be yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. who knows maybe it's still that way today yeah, yeah. but we don't know but the reality is that what's what I think it still is. happens yeah. but, but but we it's not acknowledged by the brands anymore because I think it just they look at too many other things and moving parts but yeah you figure, there's a lot more data to, to be able to look at now but if you if you were say going to Huntington High School or Newport High you know Harbor or whatever and you got a kit that kid's going to be flaunting around. So he's going to have stickers on his folders. Yeah. And, you know, you're yeah. going to be at notice and hopefully inspire 
other yeah, kids. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about, too, you know, that's going back into, the, like, the early 80s, right? So we're talking about early surf industry, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, like, there is surf industry, but it's hard goods based. There's a couple wetsuit companies, and yeah, soft yeah. goods really ain't a thing, yeah. right? I mean, Quicksilver is only, four like, four or two, five years old, right? Five seven, or six seven, years six, old. Yeah. Yeah. And and Billabong too, like well, yeah. So Gotcha too. It's like those brands are just really start on the verge of not blowing up. But yeah, this is pre uh, Bob Hurley bringing Billabong right. into America. Yeah, so this he was is still pre- just shaping. He uh, he was shaping, and I think he was probably just must have. I don't know if this is to be true. <clears throat> probably eighty three or starting to talk to Gordon. Gordon had already done some stuff with Sharon, the board shorts, and taking them back to Australia and that whole story of yeah. how that Billabong thing's forming. There's Quicksilver, there's OP, there's Golden Wave. Yeah. <laughs> there's all these funny little brands that are mm-hmm. starting there, yeah, you know. And so they're kinda they're kinda kicking along. Um, so you so you had a successful meeting, they said, Yeah, Garth, we're gonna put you on the team. Did, yeah. did, they, did you have to sign a contract or anything? No. It was just like, hey, it was hey, like, team here's some, su- here's a couple suits and there's, there's some logos sticker. and, yeah. and you know, you're just, it, you leave, you leave, you leave going. I remember leaving and going surfing and going like, wow, that just happened. It's just cr- insane. You know what yeah. I mean? But th- back then it was like, that's laminate, a huge thing. Laminates. Like, yeah. So you would get stickers, but they'd also give you laminates. Like, laminates. So, like, you don't crease them, but yeah, don't yeah. screw the, them up. The don't keep them dirty. Yeah. The coveted <laughs> laminates that you'd put in a manila folder. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you don't want to crease it. <laughs> what if you just still did that to kids today and had to wait to get their logos on their boards? <laughs> like, I have to make them wait, you know? Yeah. So, think, so that's it. pretty sick. Like, and, and you got really lucky. Not being, um, I probably got lucky being a nice kid. Yeah, I probably, I probably, in, in all reality, somewhat got hired on a little bit of merit and mostly being like, Yeah, he's a cool kid, he's from town, you know. And I think at that point, that that kind of 83 84 is a, is a really blossoming time of the industry. And they're like, Well, maybe he's gonna have an influence on somebody that's gonna encourage them to either, you know, buy, buy products or be part of a part of that yeah so what what we did you were you working too or what were you doing no at that point i was just kind of i was surfing i had kind of had uh, ultimately had the support of kind of my parents you know mm-hmm. that's kind of i think how it all starts really um and to this day it's still that way and then i had those couple i had uh you know howard who shaped my boards was let me kind of crash out at his house and kind of really kind of fostering it you know he was talking to my um my parents just saying like, hey, you just never know, you know, but, you know, he's in school, he's doing his thing. And I kind of did that. I kind of early on was like, hey, maybe this is something I can do. Always knowing it, like, I thought at that moment, wow, John Gothard is this gnarly guy. He yeah. just absolutely rips in the lineup. He's funny. Everyone likes him. And now he's working. It was like a pinnacle thing. Yeah. yeah. I think this like being some high level world tour surfer um, would be a fringe benefit. Yeah. But the reality is if it didn't happen, my goal would have been like, hey, to try and participate in this thing and then help people facilitate their careers. You so know? so you had that early on, like in your I mind. Think early on, I knew I was gonna be good enough to wiggle around, make a couple bucks. 
Yeah. And be, just part, and be part of it, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I'd never even, I mean, if you were to fast forward all that time through amateur surfing and the PSAA and a little bit of the world tour events that I did to the first job I had, I was freaking 26 years old the first time I ever had a real job. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. The first real job I ever had, I went to work for Herbie and Dibby Fletcher. Wow. <laughs> so wait, let's go back. <laughs> so, so, so go yeah, ahead. I want to say like, well, you know, you're 16, 17, you're living in Newport. You obviously have been traveling, you're doing events. Like did, what was your like first surf trip? Did O'Neill say, Hey, cause I'm sure they're going down to Max. Yeah. They're going to Hawaii. So we did or, those, we did. And, and they were kind of, we did a lot of those early Toto's trips. Yeah. Mm. Um, those were, those were really popular. Um, I heard a lot, um, from Howard from, um, about Paul Houston stand his early Porto Escondido trip. So I was early into Porto Escondido. Uh, Tim Bernardi was a big early photographer at Porto Escondido. This is back in the seventies, you know, those guys were going there. So early on, I got there in the, uh, in the mid eighties, I got down to Porto mm. when it was kind of still empty and dirt really roads, empty, you know, only a couple hotels. Yeah pretty undeveloped um so you're pretty comfortable in big ways i don't know if i was comfortable i think it was just like it was kind of an era where it's like you if you're if you if you're gonna surf you better go kind of type thing yeah it was no there was no it didn't seem like there was as many like specialists like right now we got air guys we've got you yeah. know contest guy we got big wave guy you know we've got it's it's power guy. We got all this different sort of categories. I think it was just kind of like it was all lumped together. Yeah. And there was just, you know, a thought process, you know. You're doing the NSSAs and Peter Townend and Ian Cairns are, are the guys running it. And it's kind of like those are the guys are like the, the, the 2 to 20 foot guys, you know. Um, yeah, that was kind of, kind of, that was kind of like, the, it was expected. You yeah. know, if you want to be a pro, you want to get paid or you just want to, you know, you want, this is a yeah. sport and career. It's kind you, of standard, you, yeah. You, you yeah. You have to go. It's it's yeah. kind of we've talked about yeah. uh, Ian and PT. Yeah, yeah, PT on the show, and it's yeah. it's crazy how lucky the US Americans surfing. were. Yeah, the Americans were very lucky. They got those the guys yeah. came over and set up camp and set up nurtured, school. nurtured the youth. Yeah, yeah. Well, geez, I mean, they they basically are single handedly responsible for keeping the youth getting educated. Yeah, because yeah. their mechanism was truly, hey, you're gonna have to do something in academics. Like, you know, they they made guys like you know the Bud Lamases go to school. They made guys like Sonny Garcia want to be part of the national team. So they're yeah, you know, they're gonna they're gonna go to summer school. And we had he lived Sonny Garcia lived with me one summer, and my mom would like make him go to summer school like hey you got to go to summer school you want to be on this national team thing and he was like this ambivalent rascal kid and she's like no you got to go do this you know and come home bring your work home and really kind of was around a lot of these kids at that point i think that one summer it was like cali hill sonny garcia maddie lou and sean yano all those kids live with us that's crazy that's yeah sean yano kind of, yeah yeah so wow. So you started writing for O'Neill. Mm -hmm. um, you kept doing NSSAs. Yep. And then and then. And what? then I kind of like my first opportunity was is when I um, when I graduated high school. The first events I did was the Australian leg. 
Wow. But that point was is um, there was a Coca Cola Classic in Manly, and then there was Bell's Beach, which is interesting enough. It was a Quicksilver Trials, sponsored by Rip Curls Bell's Beach Pro. Well, they had <laughs> well they had an agreement. Yeah, you know, yeah, agreement, Bob, yeah. we had Bob, and it was like, hey, you guys make wetsuits, and we're gonna make the apparel, yeah. and everybody, you know, yeah. it was kind of the spoken, you know, handshake or yeah. what, you know, that was the deal. And yeah, I don't know what 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 year it changed. You know, <laughs> Quicksilver went public in '86 or '7. Yeah, so I went there and um, and did those events and kind of spent a little bit of time. Um, kind of the guys I spent a lot of time on, on the road with there um, were David Eggers, uh, Matt Archibald, um, Bud Lamas, and. Uh, you know, Ronnie Burns. Those were the guys that I kind of spent a lot of time around with. Um, it was crazy. Right that, that was the yeah. best of the best yeah. of like yeah. the, Cali- right? the California guys that, that I that I travel with from here was yeah. John Kissel. Wow. Kissel. Yeah. Miss so, Kissel. Yeah. So John Kissel uh, and myself went from here, uh, and it was it was like you know that's at this time where you know David Eggers is getting paid a ton of money, right? Mm. Um, Matt Archibald is just like the guy, um, and I'm just some clown tagging along, you know, going like, this is crazy, you know, we're getting free stuff, and we might win some money in a cop, and we're in Oz, and we're doing whatever we want, it's yeah. just like, yeah. I was just like, dream. whoa, this is crazy, this is actually happening, and, uh, and I went, and it's weird, I remember... I remember getting there and then we went through this big old hassle. Have you, if you've flown into Melbourne to get down to Bells, you got to like, there's two ways to get there, right? There's one way you get from the airport to Geelong. And then me and Kissel got there and we're like, what are we going to do? We got dropped off at a, you know, you, you drop off at a bottle shop. I'm sitting there to Grom. Kissel goes, Kissel's 18 years old. He's going in, he's getting a beer. I'm sitting there going like, hey, we got to get all the way to Torquay. Yeah. You know, what are we going to do? And uh, he's like, we're going to hitchhike. <laughs> Is it, I love this because that's what we did. Back, there's yeah. no agenda. There's no yeah. like you know person picking you up. There's and, no fa- and a handler. There's no faxes. <laughs> yeah. There's collect calls to your parents and everyone. <laughs> this whole organization. It's so young. It's on tours. Going. Don't call your parents because you'd be blowing it if you yeah. don't have parents, right? Yeah. Um, oh, so yeah. Good. So we got we got down to uh, we got down to Torquay and it was like so you hitchhiked. Yeah, we got down to our key and it's like, what are we doing now? And, um, you know, uh, nowadays people, you know, roll in, they got accommodations, there's team managers. And we were kind of like, hey, we know if we get to the Rip Curl shop in Torquay, we'll figure it out. So we got there and then right next to there was, um, was like a caravan park that had like trailers that went on cars and they would rent them out to people. <laughs> Wow, and so we're like, hey, we'll we'll, we'll stay in there. It's like me, David Eggers, and John Kissel, <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, as a, we, I kind of always grew up where like you know, hey, Kissel's a hammer here. You know, he's got like, you know, don't get wise because he'll just sell you. You know, he'll just he'll tune you. Yeah. So um, and the and the kids that didn't know him, he's just like. He's the toughest guy of all the kids, right? Yeah. For sure. For he, sure. I, I can only imagine because he's he's man. He's got man strength and yeah. everything to yeah. him, right? Yeah. He's, and he's the, just different. He's the most outgoing, gregarious dude, too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the time, he was, 
And, you know, Bud kind of could have him in check. And, you know, there's the whole crew. And then obviously, you know, because Bud's like the guy. Yeah, for sure. If there's a free surfer, he's the ultimate free surfer at that point. Yeah, so crazy. Like doing airs and flare yeah. and tail. And then you got these, you know, this David Eggers kids doing all kinds of, you know, getting money and getting all this recognition. And then, um, and then there's obviously, you know, you know, Matt Archibald, who we were, we were, you know, hanging out a ton. And so at any rate, you know, we ended up getting this place and staying there and surfing. And then out of nowhere, Ryan Keenan shows up in Australia. <laughs> and Ryan Keenan at the time was like a surfer that was on a full-blown heater. He was like... Came out of nowhere. He was like the Margot of the group. Bro, that's a great... You know what I mean? He's that's like, a great analogy that's for sure. Great analogy. He's like the Margot kind of the built, group. like tall. Yeah, like, just you know, very yeah. polished surfer and just... but. So nice and cool, and like Scott Farnsworth's there, and all these guys are there. They're like Huntington guys, yeah. right? And I'm like this guy from Newport. They're kind of going, man, this guy's like a little young to be kind of coming to this thing. Like whatever, you know. But he's a nice enough kid. He's no no trouble to us. So I'm there and I'm doing it, and then obviously, um, you know, the event kind of is getting ready to start. We're and I'm I'm going, man, you know, we got no car, and we got to get from Torquay to Bells, and that's like. Yeah, it must be like three, four or five miles, right? So I like walk out to the road and I'm freaking doing this hitchhike deal again, and all of a sudden, pulls over. It's Bud and Ronnie Burns. Pile in, bro. <laughs> Head on out, have my kind of first, kind of first surf, kind of check it all out, and the contest is going to start in a couple days. And I think the uh, the event started, and I got absolutely smoked <laughs> were the waves good the waves were good was, uh, it, was it at bells or it was, was at it bells it was at bells on the bowl and was it was it like no nah, it was probably like four to five feet like um, perfect size yeah my first heat bud was in my first heat oh, oh. that sucks you gotta remember there's a 32 yeah and there's trials yeah right so we're in the trials and and so you know i like you you get off of your wave and you think you just ripped the bag out of it and then coming down the point it's bud and you're just going spray oh, to the moon. No. Well, obviously you're going like I'm doing windshield wipers. This grown man that I'm weighing, you know, I'm weighing 125 pounds this time in life. This yeah. grown man that weighs 160 pounds, who's the is just putting the hammer to the thing and you're just going, wow, okay. So I got a lot long ways to go here. So it's like now we now we're like okay, let's kick it into uh, to good time mode because I'm no longer in the event anymore, right? I might as well have have a good time. And so we're we're obviously uh, at that point, you know, it's just like there's everyone's kind of broken into their groups. You got you know the Billabong guys, where Sonny's with that crew, but I'm a friends with all these guys. There's John Chimoka, is a gotcha guy, good buddies with her him. Gurr's a gotcha guy, that kind of like the man at the time, you yeah. know, like, you know, Gers hit every sort of fashion curve there is. The time he was wearing, wearing like a leather jacket, like a cobra on the back <laughs> or something. And there's Kobe like, Kai. then there's like, there's, there's like Tom Kern is just a legend. Yeah. And then there's the Groms. There's the Nikki Woods of the world. Wow. Yeah. There's the Matt Archibald <coughs> and all of us. And we're kind of cruising together. The trials goes on. Matt was in the finals of the trials against like Damien Hardman um, it was really only a, like the Australians and the Americans. I mean, there might have been there was Japanese, there was Japanese, and a few, a few, a few Brazilians, few, a few yeah. others. But you know, and I think like Terry Dominique, there's some Europeans okay, there also, because yeah. um, it was a, a different. You go and you do the trials, right? Yeah. It was kind of like 
And there's money in the trials, like if there, you win there's a little bit of money in yeah. the trials, yeah, but not winning heats like the W, like the PSWA. There's yeah. winning money in the trials. You win the trials and then you move on to the event, to the main event. So, with that to be said, it was kind of like I just kind of watched the event unravel, and then um, that year, who won? Is the year uh, Nikki Wood beat Tom Kern. And he wow. was like 15, 16, 16? I think it was 15. Holy smokes. I it was a current 16, 16. wood final? Yeah. Wow. I'll have to look that one up. Yeah. yeah, I remember him winning like youngest, yeah, to win that event at the time. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. And what was it? So, and that was like the, like the, you know, the introduction to it. Introduction to it. And then you go on, you know, to Manly, obviously. Um, for the Coke Classic? Yeah, or? for the Coke Classic. That was the beach break. I did a little bit of there, made some heats, surfed against, um, Mark Sainsbury. Oh, wow. Sanga. Sanga. That's <laughs> yeah. cool. So it's kind of like, you know, it's a really early time and everyone's really cool. And I and I kind of am getting my introduction to it going like, this world tour thing's gnarly. This ain't nothing like, you yeah. know, going for the local NSSA or some CCSA thing or just some local event here yeah. in town. This it's just a world class, you know? Yeah. Sean Thompson at the time is like the the coolest guy that like every girl's throwing themselves at, you know, oh, it's just like sure. a whole, you know, whole, whole deal. It was un- unbeknownst to me. Well, um, that and the appreciation for surfing in Australia, you know, like the, the support and yeah. it, it's, yeah. you know, you're a celebrity for sure. Yo, for yeah. sure. Yeah. The bet, the, one of the most classic things I, I saw on that whole entire trip was, is I witnessed, and this is a kind of a, a thing that used to be really popular in, uh, with surfers was uh, I watched the best ping pong game I've ever seen happen between wow. Derek Ho and Rabbit. Whoa. Really? <laughs> Rabbit's a good player. Yeah. Wow. So they went mad and that was at that, at um, the Torquay Caravan Park. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously I, I, I got a chance to um, kind of, you know, meet a lot of older guys that were traveling or telling me all about waves from all over the place. Yeah. Um, you know, and places to check out. I actually did a couple days of driving around down the coast there um, with Ryan Keene and David Eggers. Um, hung out with uh, with Matt and I. Started to become, you know, pretty close at that event. We hung out a bunch. Um, and that's really kind of where we kind of, you know, formed our relationship. And that was your first big, like, yeah. trip abroad, other right? Than, other than doing, like, I went, up, I went up with, I went up with Bud and a couple other guys to um, must have been like the '85 Bud Surf Tour at Ocean Beach when it was bombing. Mm. There's a there's an old uh, well, it was a PSWA at the time. It wasn't even Bud Surf Tour. It was absolutely firing, and um, that was before the that was before that event. That oh. was like the first event pro event, event you did, or yeah, I was like an amateur in a pro event. You know what yeah. I mean? I think the other amateurs that were out there were like David Giddings. Um, Jeez, there's a couple other guys that went up. And then, well, Colby Outlaw was in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He yeah. was kind of like a kid at that point. It was weird. I, I got really fortunate to get exposed to some great surfers that I think a little bit played uh, an inspiration in my aspiration. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, whether it fully kind of unfolds and, and turns into something or not. Well, like, yeah, well, like you said, you might have been maybe not at the caliber then yeah. that kind of young Grom, but like getting in that scenario and getting yeah. you set up and, and yeah. seeing 
everything that goes on from the events to the surfer to that probably gave you that, you know, perspective of like, okay, if surfing doesn't work, I want to be a part of this big picture. I mean, there's there's a lot of, there's a lot of starting and like kind of stuff happening. Brands exploding and people needing growth, you know, room for, for opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, you said you did, you made it through some heats and manly. Yeah. And then, and then what happened? And then I came home and was like, hey, I probably need to continue to like, because I didn't have like, a, I wasn't a professional. I was like kind of going as an amateur to those events. I was like, oh, I'll probably continue to do some amateur events and then do these, you know, these, these PSAAs as an amateur also. And at that point, I already, I'd already known like Todd Miller and those guys and was spending a lot of time with those guys. Those guys were, um, those guys were were surfing hard and they were, you know, they hadn't done a lot of traveling yet and they were really focused on that. Uh, Richie had already gone on and already was having a great deal of success. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I there was like a, a crew, 54th street crew. Yeah. That 54th street crew. And I would kind of say like, I was on the fringe of that crew, yeah. you know, like I kind of, you know, I've always kind of appreciated just kind of getting away and getting waves to myself and not being super impacted by people. Yeah. Um, I think I maybe went through a little kind of a stage where I was like feeling like in my own ego, maybe I was the guy in the lineup, but probably wasn't really. <laughs> you know, thinking for a moment those, I was. But those Lar, guys, Lar has that moment yeah, too. Yeah. But those guys were working. <laughs> they were obviously sponsored and they were... Yeah they were on that trajectory of like, I'm going to be a pro and I'm going to get in the mags. It, you know, yeah, that was yeah. their mindset, you know, cause you were, I mean, Newport for a while there was an epicenter. Yeah. So the, that Cal was kind of, well, yeah. So kind of like that hottest hundred yard guys, that crew of guys was kind of probably 82 to like 87, you know, mm-hmm. Mike Moyer shooting all those guys yeah. there, Peter Belay, all those guys. And I would say that I was kind of still at that point, kind of a river jetties guy, you know, not really going down there. And then right around like 89-ish, I kind of like started going like, hey, I'd done enough of these PSAA events. I'd done, you know, I was not doing any more amateur events. I was kind of making some prize money. Um, Did you turn pro? Yeah, I don't know if it's, I think I would like to think of myself as like, I'm turning pro, but it's like, you just wanted to collect your Yeah, money. I just wanted to collect some money, you yeah. know. I mean, in reality, yeah. like to me, turning pro is is your whole um your whole world revolves around that. And I, there was stuff going on in my life, you know. At 90, in 1990, I became a parent. Oh, I was wow. 22 years old, became a father. Um so I was like, "All right." And uh, I had a I had a super highly educated dads like what are you gonna do now you know like what are you gonna do now that your dad you're you know thinking you're i'm gonna surf yeah maybe not as much yeah but like yeah, a yeah. Lot still. so i i can't i just kind of still got me though dad yeah, yeah right yeah and i'm and i'm making you know a couple bucks here and there i had another um i never really so what happened was i don't know if you guys remember at that time there was a lot of like funny little sponsors like there was mango there was Platts, there's all these companies i rode for a company from a guy that brought it here from from australia uh, this guy named george wales he's an amazing surfer yeah um he's a goofy foot guy and he hooked me up and gave me a little bit of, of money to kind of be able to kind of coexist you know to get yeah, around forget to that. that you rode for Platts. yeah yeah, yeah. coexist um and kind of you know he kind of 
really did me right at the end of the day. At the end of the day, it's like, hey, there's this whole thing here, but he goes, think about this. Like I did that whole thing and now I'm doing this. So kind of always knew like, hey, someday, you know, I have this aspirational thing to work for people that have a great deal of respect for and 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 learn, right? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, see where that takes me. And who, uh, you know, again, it's just so early formula. I'm just kind of, yeah, you're, you're, you're I'm not... kind of stumbling on luck, you know what I mean? To be yeah. perfectly honest with you, I, yeah. start, I stumble into Australia. It's like, whoa, there's Kissel, man. We're going to get to here. It's like everywhere in my life has kind of been like, some good fortune, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, some people have been looking out for me and trying to help but me. It, but it's it's also having a good head on your shoulders and, and and seeing that and being like, okay, I'm you're living in the moment pretty much. You you know, you're not projecting yourself like yeah. I'm gonna get this job if I you know you're no you're, not at all. You're you're, you're living no. in the moment. But I'm you're, surfing, trying to get yeah. barreled, yeah. having fun, hang out, but, meet some chicks, and have a good time. Yeah. But who you know, you know, have a yeah. good head on your shoulders yeah. and being being easy to work with and talk to and, and all of that is yeah, yeah, yeah. culminating. If you don't if you don't blow it completely, <laughs> then you're gonna be like, Okay, I'll figure it out in life, right? So you're you're twenty two, you 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 had a kid, yep. you're riding for O'Neill and Platts. Yep. Did, okay. did did you get like a an ad of the day they like where, where did you ever get to yeah, that? Yeah, like, some ads from those guys. I so, never got any ads out of out, out of that O'Neill deal. But which is fine, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, did, I got a few ads, and that was kind of like because that was uh, Hoey and Corona, Frank, right? I told a Corona. <laughs> what? Yeah. Frank Quietly out, outrageous. I Frank. just saw a photo of Frank Corona. He hasn't changed at all. No. Yeah. The guy yeah. looks the same. Yeah. yeah. Like he's just chiseled. You're like, what's so, going on with this guy? Yeah. What kind? Of, he was that way when he was a kid. Yeah. He was that way when he was a kid, right? Yeah. The um, we love yeah. Frank Corona. And, and he's, still, had, he's, he's still got the guitar and serenading some hot babe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trying to at least. <laughs> yeah. A total, a total classic. So yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so I think. Crazy. And yeah. I think in reality, it's sort of like, uh, you know, I'm I'm stumbling upon luck upon another <laughs> yeah. luck upon another luck. Sack a few lucks up together. You know, I'd rather be you know lucky than good. Yeah. <laughs> so so what happened after that? Like. So I just kind of, at that point from 22 on I got pretty pretty serious like I kept kind of uh, staying focused on on doing the events that I could do. Was um, it Bud Tour yet? Like yeah, it, was the all, it was all Bud Tour yeah, at that yeah. point, kind of living and dwelling in that because you, you can make a decent living if you're yeah. making heats and yeah. So I was paying every month. I was paying my bills. Everything was being taken care of, and uh, and I was a young parent, so I was starting to kind of you know drag my ground. At that point, you know. Uh, we were hanging out a lot um, with the Archibalds because there was Ford and there was Tyler. Those two kids, you know, were very, very close. Like they lived in the same house together, you know, like yeah. all four of us lived in the same house. How funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind of spending some time with those guys. Um, this is kind of post kind of, you know, Matt, Matt's kind of, uh, you know, marriage. And so, yeah, at that point I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? You know, and you're getting to what 25, 26? I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I've kind of done it now for you know four or five years, made a couple bucks, lost more than I made probably at the end of the day when you roll it all up. The PL's looking pretty weak, yeah. and now uh, you're going, man, it's got a lot of good barrels, though. Got a lot of good, <laughs> got a lot of good waves, hell of a run, hell of yeah, a run. It's been, it's been fun. Um, it's, it's single handedly the most amazing experience, yeah. I think that era of time was um was a great time there's a lot happening in equipment you know mm -hmm. i mean surfboard equipment 
from 83 to 95 did a lot. Huge. Uh, it's done a lot, you know, yeah. from 95 to 2000 and, and, and 21. It's done yeah. a lot of changing. But that was a great time. Um, and and s- plus, like, the pro surfing, you know, PSAA. I mean, there's so much there's content a lot of content. and yeah. events. And, yeah. There know, was a lot. So that was videos. The, there was a ton of stuff that happened right then. Um, oddly enough, all my video stuff was weird. I, and it, it kind of creeps me out when I think about it, is I kept getting sporadic waves in Sarge's movies. No way. And I never interacted with Sarge. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> I never did either. <laughs> I ran. Can so, you hear you, little Seppo? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it, it, but yeah, there was all kinds of all kinds of stuff happening then. Um, that's kind of like the era of the VHS, you know, yeah. kind of movie time frame. And then... Uh, Come the end of that was my start of my working career. And so you I, finally got a yeah, damn job. Got a job. So I don't know if you guys <laughs> remember. Yeah, so there was a skater by the name of Ray Bones Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. good buddy Pine- of mine. No, Doug Saladino's pineapple. Never mind. Yeah, so Ray Bones Rodriguez is Pal Peralta Bones. Yeah, it's Ray Bones. And so Ray's kind of like a guy that I knew, played guitar. And uh, I'm like, fuck, man. I got to hang this shit up. I got a fucking job. What am I going to do? I don't really want to quit yet, but I got to kind of like, you know, get something going so I can start transitioning. And uh, so he's like, well, let's see if we can get Herbie to get you a job. They need a guy to, to run the team there. And I'm like, okay, this would be kind of kind of nuts, you know, like love the family. I, I have an insane close relationship with them to this day, all yeah. of them. Um, did you know him prior to that? Yeah, or? I knew Herb a little bit um, from just like you know, surfing around trestles and seeing him in Hawaii and stuff. Obviously, uh, knew Christian from um, like amateur surfing um, back in the day. And then, would uh, you go to Hawaii? Sorry to go backwards, but would you go to Hawaii? In the yeah, winter? you go every winter. You yeah. go every winter. Yeah. Um, and lots of times for me, I'd go in the winter, and then if it wasn't going to Mexico. I'd return, return the summer too, you know, when, when the surf is good. Um, but yeah, so I went to work for her. Running the team. Running the team for did her. Did you ever flow me some stuff? I think I wrote Yeah, for, probably did. Probably did. Yeah, I think I did. But I think the <laughs> best part about it was, was just. But they were, I mean. They were, they were, they were. Blowing they, up. They were blowing up. Yeah. They were running shit. They were making videos. Yeah. And there, there's nobody more connected in that family. That was after Wave Warriors already yeah. was already starting. Yeah, right yeah, 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 yeah. Sean had already done those early Wave Warriors with those where he's the narrator, and then they went into multiple. And then, um, you know, that's that's a interesting time because here I am. I'm now okay. I got a job, and what am I doing? And and it was at that point, it's pretty simple. I was still competing in some events. It was dragging grips around, yeah. kind of getting everybody kind of psyched on the product. Working with Herb a little bit on R and D, um, you know, Dibby's like a historian on the surf industry, so I'm yeah. getting a ton of that filtered she's in there. She's an interesting lady. She's awesome. Yeah. yeah, she seems really like connected to the culture and even to this day, right? She's like to this day, she's well, yeah, she's played a huge role uh, in my her, life. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just as like a just a. Obviously, the person that I have a great deal of respect for, but she's just done 
she's done a lot for a lot. That family's done a lot for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That they don't, they're not going to advertise it. Yeah. But there's a lot of people that have either had their start. Yeah. They've had a lot of good direction from them. Yeah. And Archie uh, said a lot of things yes. about how undoubtedly yeah. today my start is 100% reliant on. Herbie and Dibby Fletcher just yeah. going, we're going to give you a chance and don't fuck up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, so uh, let me ask you, how crazy is that family though? <laughs> well, in the most positive way, yeah. they're this kind of, they're so creative. They're so creative is yeah. really what I break it down to. Is I get to know them more and more, even just throughout all the years. The creativity yeah. they have is, is sort of like savant-like. Yeah. Right, sure. because they're very non-linear when they look at something. So we all see things a yeah. certain way, and they see it a different way. And then just like if you just know really how artistic everybody is, like you know, Dibby has done everything. When it was cool, when it wasn't cool to run on the beach, yeah. she was running twenty-five miles on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> when little women weren't supposed to take a jackhammer and grind on a piece of granite and make a sculpting. She was doing it, yeah. yeah. You know, and it was painting. It's just so radical. I mean, she is as radical as they come when it yeah. comes to just creativity. A professional ballroom dancer. Wow. Just took it out. Oh, me and my mom want to start dancing. I remember sitting there going, "Oh, this is pretty cool." Like, I mean, I didn't go to cotillion, but people danced, right? Yeah. And she, she I'm hearing what she's going to do, and she's a professional ballroom dancer, That's like so world class. Crazy. Okay. Yeah. And so done yeah. everything. Her, her I, I would love to someday sit down and, and you know, meet them and talk to oh, them. Oh, they're amazing. They're incredible. Herbie is like, I mean, he's 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 one of the godfathers of surfing. And right? and then his the the two of them have spawned two absolutely freaks of, of nature. nature. Yeah. 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 yeah I think that created an environment with that kind of loose not upbringing meaning like, you know, they you're not going to, you could just go do whatever you want, you know? Like, well, I mean, there's actually a lot of interesting structure there. Yeah. Right? Like, but when you talk to them, to the but, dad, but if your dad's Herbie, you're most likely going to grow up to be a professional. You're going to be a great sur surfer. You're going to be a gnarly skater, a gnarly yeah. snowboarder. Yeah. I mean, and the problem, the thing about Nathan is it's just like, hey, here's a guitar. He's, he could lead a band. Here's, he's one of those guys that truly is the best all around at everything. Yeah. I mean, how those airs he was doing. Well, it's just the, it's not even airs, but it's just all this, yeah. like he's good at everything. And then like, you know, a lot of people, as you get to know Christian, you just go on like, he's a really interesting guy. It's just done and been exposed to so much stuff. I mean, the guy has dealt with Malcolm McLaren. That's so crazy. I guess. Yeah. That guy created the Sex Pistols, dude. Yeah, like, yeah. the guy is, like, he's in tune. He's in touch. And so, yeah. So, I, I got to spend a lot of time with them. That's cool. Um, I did a lot of, a lot of um, kind of trips, you know. You, where, you could probably write a book on that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it'd be, hey, with the Fletchers? Well, Dibby would be the one to write the book because she's yeah. just an amazing writer. Yeah. But going and, uh, you know, staying. And then, and then just, like, you know, obviously it's a unique tribe of people to roll with you roll with them all of a sudden you're staying at pipe yeah. house you're there pipe house. for sure they yeah, are just their crew of people that they're with are most connected like funny little story i um, was working on this o'neill project for us and we wanted to get this ozzy osbourne song so herbie's like oh let me call 
He goes, Garth, remember Jim, the guy that was in Hawaii that I had you take him surfing? Well, here's your chance. Give him a call. I'm like, well, why? He goes, I just told you to give him a call. You'll figure it out why. And I'm like, well, explain to me. He's just like, just give him a call. I call him. That guy did every live recording Ozzy ever did in his life. How freaking funny. He's like, this is the guy. Yeah. So if you want to get a song, stop talking and start dialing. So I call him. And Jim's like, oh, yeah, let me call. So... I, he goes, call these people. So I call this guy that goes, yeah, Jim told me you're going to call uh, and, and, you're gonna, and we're going to do this song for you guys for your movie. But here's the thing, kid. Don't call me because it costs me more in legal fees and we're not going to worry about it. So I'm like sweating on it, getting ready to make this movie. Wow. This guy, so Herbie's just all of a sudden went, you know, the rite of passage is crazy because I think a lot of people really get to know him, have this profound respect for him. Yeah. That is amazing yeah, yeah. So it's it's like it's so like that guy knows that herbie fletcher is you know well, he's, he's herbie's like the rock star of the surf industry in a way not yeah. musically but his but personality I, the movies having that company yeah. and then but you know how like you just start music, you just start meeting people on that level but in different industries yeah but you you Bypassed all the red tape. <laughs> well, it was weird. Yeah, right? it was weird because the whole time I was sweating, thinking the shoe's gonna drop, right? I'm gonna have a problem here with yeah. some legal thing. He's yeah. like, "Don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry." Not Herbie. The guys telling me that yeah. works for for Sharon Osbourne. Like, hey, tell him that you can't keep taking his call because we're not worried about it. We'll figure it out. Yeah. So just you know, it was, it was just like Herb has been obviously has these relationships. And I think people that uh, that he puts his trust into, you know, he, so he can help go, out. So go back and tell us like the, how how you find out, found out about the job and then your interview. Yeah, so it was what well, was like. It was. We, we need somebody to box up, tail pads, and send them all over. Yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't wasn't very hard, or <laughs> or throw them in your board bag and yeah. travel with them, right? Yeah. And then give them to the guys you need because you're competing still. Um, but yeah, it was Ray Bones Rodriguez. Oh, that's right. Yeah, this the skater. Yeah, um, who was playing a lot of music at that time, um, and he's an incredible, incredible guitarist. He's the one that kind of created that that connection with um, with Herb and with Dibby. And Jonathan Pasquis was working there at the time too. Yeah, so, yeah. I remember him. So I got squeezed in there, and um, so what they say they want they want you to run the team. Yeah, or... run the team. Run. I was running the team there and working for Herb. Um, and it was how was the pay? Was it paid decent or? Yeah, well, was, I was only working a couple days a week for them. You know, it's yeah. like I'm not going to work full time. Still trying to like make a couple bucks prize money on yeah. Thursday through Saturday. Yeah. You know, well, it's like a 10.99. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a small. Actually, no, it was payroll. It was yeah. payroll, and it was simple because remember, there's no computers. Yeah. yeah. Just boxes of boxes of product in the warehouse, and 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 and, 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 uh, and there, people are faxing stuff all over the place. Yeah. You know, I mean, now we're in the fax era. There's no computers yet. Yeah, like there's order entry for computer, but that's it. There's like one person in the building that's so, doing inventory. So inventory is your hand first job, and your first job in the industry. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then from there, what happened was was um, I was doing some work, and I had a little short little stint where. Um, uh, Danny Kwok was kind of hooking me up for quick. And, uh, for quick, yeah. And I was, and what happened was, was John Gothard was now at Quicksilver Wetsuit. So he left O'Neill and gone to Quicksilver Wetsuit. So I was running that division for them. And I think you, thanks Johnny for hooking me up, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, 
and obviously what happened for me at that point was was um i had heard there was a job that came up at pirate surf which at that point jeff yokoyama and mark bellinger had just sold pirate surf to quick and i was like that's the institution you know at the time you know that thinks like the big office and i knew clock and you know we'd kind of you know had some time together snowboarding already prior to, to me even having to do there. But um, a guy that was running it for them, uh, his name was uh, Jeff Seebeck or something like that. That's who it was, Jeff Seebeck. And so um, it was again, it was like, hey, I'm going to interview for this job, Herb. What do you think? He goes, yeah, that'd be sick. You do these things together, you get a little bit more work, a little bit more time. It's kind of not that big of a deal. So, so wait, like, you were going to run the team? For Pirate Surf. For Pirate Surf, okay. And for Astrodeck at the yeah. same time. And he didn't care. He didn't care. He yeah. was like, yeah. He's like... so Making more value. So, so, so at that point, you know, you've got your resume, right? And and there's no printers. You're still typing things out. And it's got it's got Herbie as a... Oh, water. It's got Herbie on there as a, um, as a reference. So I'm thinking... Slam dunk. Well, I'm thinking... Did I do that good of a job for him? You know, like, yeah, you know, Herb. It's not probably, Herb, Herb might have gotten frustrated with me a couple times. Maybe I didn't do things totally perfect. What's going to happen? <laughs> so I'm like thinking, Herb calls this guy. It's at Quicksilver, and obviously everyone knows who Herb is, right? So he's telling the guy, and then I'm like, oh shit. So I'm like, so wait, the, Herb called Herb called the guy, and basically Jeff I was see like, that. yeah, who was like. One of Quacks and one of McKnight's right-hand guys that ran production for all of Quicksilver and then took over this whole thing at Pirate <clears throat> Surf. This is kind of like, okay. And Pirate Surf at the time was like this pretty hip, new, kind of grunge yeah, kind of deal. Yeah. At the time, I got like pierced nose, long hair, you know what I mean? I'm like going, what am I going to, you know, I'm, what am I going to do here, you know? So I... I'm like, geez, what's going to happen? Am I going to get this gig here? This would be really great because now I got... So did you tell Herb to call? I, I put Herb on as a reference. That guy called the reference. Okay, so he called. Yes, yeah, because he okay. knows, obviously, well, Herbie Fletcher, I'll tell yeah. So I'm thinking, oh, fuck, you know, like, this is really my... Other than these guys who were my kind of references that were shapers to get me on, sponsored when I was a kid by these couple companies I was sponsored by... I was like, what am I going to do? Did, did you reach out to Gothard, like knowing that he would throw you like... Nah, well, Gothard was already at Quicksilver Wetsuits. Yeah. And so he was part of that whole Quicksilver conglomerate, yeah. right? You know, like Quicksilver Wetsuits on one side I've been of the road. I've all kinds of names. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, John or tight. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of was like, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, I think I've kind of always kind of been... I mean, I think maybe I'm wrong, but kind of somewhat, you know, I think I went through some areas probably where I was probably young and thinking I was something that I wasn't and maybe kind of was a little, you're humble, but pretty humble at that point, you know, like going, you know, Hey, I I need to start providing right for a kid. Um, I got to start making a plan for life. And so I'm going, what's happening? So Herb called and I'm like, shit, I should probably call Herb and say, what to say? And he goes, well, I told the guy who's a fucking idiot if he didn't hire you. (laughs) And I think Oh my God, you know, like, I can't believe this. Like, I'm a shoe in for sure. And it turns out the guy went on vacation for like 10 days after this thing. So oh, I'm sitting there going, like, oh, I don't know if I got it or I don't know if, like, 
you know, what happened here. But the guy came back and he's like, yeah, you got the job. And that was really, for me, was an interesting start because coupled with this hardcore nature yeah. at Astrodeck with this corporate starting of this corporate thing at Quicksilver. And so when you walk in Quicksilver, you know, there's Danny Kwok's office is the front row office. Yeah. And, you know, you taking people out to lunch and, you know, you meet with him and go do stuff. And then, you know, I walked into the back there and worked um, with, you know, Jeff and the designers and all the products. I started getting my hands on product and understanding like, hey, here's where this company's going. What a trip. Yeah. And, you know, it's not an issue. Back in the day when inventory needed to be taken, the whole company comes out in groups and you take on areas and do inventory in the warehouse. Like Bob McKnight's counting inventory in the warehouse. And you're like, oh, well, it's Bob McKnight and Danny Cox, like walking across the bar counting, you know, inventory on all hands on on deck. So it's small and everyone's kind of open. So I'm kind of, you know, here I am. I'm learning as I go. You know, we're kind of moving myself kind of forward as a business person. And so I was like, you know, learning about this corporation alongside being coupled with this, like, obviously... Uh, leader in, in in product and innovative product, which is you know it's traction deal, yeah. which is exploding, you know for the, for the flammy. At the same time, that's going on. There's Christian Fletcher clothing and there's Think Fast clothing, which it's like a hundred light years ahead. Like for sure, Christian's wearing the most baggy stuff ever, and people are like, "What is that stuff?" And it's just like all of a sudden. Two years later, it hits. You know what I mean? And they can't make enough of it. Yeah. So there's all this stuff going Gen on. X. Yeah. So I'm working there and, and that's that Quicksilver Gen X time too. Yeah. And it's really kind of like a, a pretty colorful time and I'm learning a lot. And then uh, it, it kind of started coming to this time in life where I'm like, man, I, I'm, I'm not going to progress, be kind of fiddling and competing anymore and kind of and that's probably not going to be my my deal you know i'm probably going to be going to work here full time i'm approaching like you know 28 years old and thinking like hey if i hang on to this surfing thing it could just be pathetically ugly um and just be like hey there's you know some money's been made it's been a lot of great memories and it's hard what? to give up. Yeah, yeah. You it's know. really, it really is. Even really? at, even Lush at, still hasn't given up. Yeah, <laughs> it's really hard to give up. Even at like a lower level, you know, because obviously, you know, you're surrounded by, surrounded by all my some of my friends yeah. who are at the highest level of sport. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, extremely successful financially. You know, um, they they've not only done well, they've kind of you know bridged the gap of like you know some went on to do other businesses, some just. You know, we're pro surfers. Some still are. Yeah. It's pretty wild time, to be perfectly honest with you. Sure. And so um, comes this whole kind of like, you know, opportunity that exists in front of me. And I, uh, a, a bigger job came up with Quicksilver. And it's been, it was interesting because I actually. Um, was Pirate Surf still around? Pi- Pirate Surf was still going, okay. but a major role came up at Quicksilver to kind of be like, uh, their team in sports marketing. Richard Wolcott's out of the company. Uh, Robbie Todd's left the company, and an opportunity's there. And so I talked to um, I talked to Danny about it. It's going like, hey man, I got this, you know, 
I think I'm going to just start, you know, like I really want to put my name, throw my name in the hat. And he was like, kind of at this crossroads where he's like got a couple guys that have been involved, who've been young and involved in the brand for a long time. And um, he said, hey, look at, we're, I think we're going to give Taylor a shot at this. You know what I mean? We're going to give Taylor Wisnan a shot. And I was like, and he was young, right? And I was like, fuck, that guy's better looking than me. He's fucking more educated than me. Like, what the fuck, man? All these things I can't beat, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But he was the... He was, he was right. groomed. Yeah, he so. was groomed by yeah. them to do that job. Yeah. And I was raw. I mean, I was, you know, yeah. punk rocking, you know, kind of on the verge of kind of a little bit loose, you know? Yeah. And uh, I was like, what am I going to do? And so, oddly enough, it was Tim Bernardi to the rescue. Wow. <laughs> I so wait, wait. But you, you didn't lose well, you a job. Just, you were, you were, I didn't lose a job. You were just like, you saw oh, that like, I saw that opportunity and asked about it. And they said, hey, we're going to give this guy a shot, you know? And I, I probably could have, maybe, who knows? But an opportunity presented. And I didn't really know what to do. And so in the midst of my thing, I got vulnerable with Danny and said, hey, Danny, what do you think about this opportunity? There's this opportunity over at O'Neill to go in there. They need someone to fill in for them to do this team thing here. Um, it's, it's their apparel division. It's going to be coupled with their surf teams. And they don't have a bunch of guys. And they can have a whole thing. And Danny's like, I believe that is an insane opportunity for you. Cool. By the way, I'd never worked a five-day work week in my life yet at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so here I am. <laughs> Like 28 years old, you know. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. I'm going, whoa, what's going to happen here? So can I interject one second? So you're you're in the Quicksilver bubble yeah. working for Pirate Surf. Right. And, and <clears throat> Wolcott left. Yep. Wolcott left and started Volcom in 90. Yep. You had freaking uh, Robbie Todd, who had just left the building and gone over to like Quicksilver Eyewear. Yeah. And then you had some people in there. They're like, hey, who are we going to bring up next? Yeah. And so, Taylor, had, Taylor had done you, janitorial stuff at the building. He'd done everything at that building. Rode for him, done janitorial, yeah. and then gone into college and gotten educated. He's a brilliant individual. Yeah. You know? So were you, like, disenchanted? Were you bummed that you didn't get the job? Like, you, you got, like, did you get pissed? And that's why you wanted to... Well, I think I think I was I think I was really like on. Hey, my luck's been pretty good so far. Maybe I get this thing and my luck's good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Taylor, maybe. T- maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. Will I don't know. Yeah. But I'm thinking like. Maybe Taylor. No, no, will no. Play. I, I, I yeah. get it. Like, but but Taylor Taylor was groomed for that job, and he's obviously was a great a success for them. Yeah. Yeah. And and I can't deny that that he's a a, a really smart guy. Was I tripping? I was kind of tripping going, fuck, I would love to have been that guy, yeah. but I didn't get to be that guy. So yeah. so, so that did that sour you on your position? No. Okay. I've, I was always grateful that I had a start, and I've always known what my start was. Yeah. And I also know that um, there's people with lineage that's way better than mine. And so my thing was, was like, hey... If we chop wood and haul the wood, especially uphill, we can get to our destination. You know, like I'm not afraid to work hard. Yeah. So that happened and that was what it was. So then the next, 
the next opportunity sort of arose for me through Tim Bernardi talking to me one day when I was at Astrodeck. Hey, we got this gig opening up here. And I was like, huh, well, this Quicksilver deal is going on. I want to try and get that because that's like holy grail shit at that yeah, time, yeah. right? You're like going, you get part of the Quickie family, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever. It's just, didn't come true. They it's, were, it's, it's just insane. Yeah. yeah. They were on fire. This is 19... They're the mothership. Yeah. mothership. Yeah, this is 1995. You know what I mean? They are on... Monrovia. In 95, 96, they're on Monrovia. It's, this is like the mothership. Yeah. You know, they're, 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 they're making it happen. Yeah. Um, you know, they're acquisitioning some companies. They're small. They're, they're already, you know, public. Yeah. So, um, anyhow... I heard about this job, talked to Tim, was like, he's got this gig running the team, doing this thing, and, um, and the pay is going to be pretty good. It's gonna and be that's a- when they launched the apparel? They had launched the apparel thing a year and a half before that. Okay. So a year and a half into it. And so they, they and, and Tim's working there, and Tim's like, he's a shit. He was like the, his, historically the best sales rep in Southern California. He's, um, He's very, he's an insane photographer, knows everybody, well-connected, um, and kind of gave me the, hey, what are you doing thing, you know? And I'm like, oh, this is what I'm doing. So I went in, I uh, I interviewed with him. I'd broken my foot snowboarding because <laughs> at that point I'm working for Pirate Surf and I'm not doing much. I'm like able to snowboard and, and clock and those guys have just all lost their mind on snowboarding, right? So I was like, yeah. hey, they're losing their mind. I'm going to lose mine with theirs too. So broke my foot snowboarding and uh, went in there and interviewed and then kind of was like, okay, there's one over here. And is it the bird in the hand? You know what I mean? Theory, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is we're two in the bush. And I went over there, did that interview with Clock, and he's just like, we're going to give Taylor this try. And then, so I just confided in him and said, hey, what do you think about this opportunity? And it's, it's amazing because I could go into another story, but I'll stay on this one. I had a, I had a, uh, a get-together with Danny about about nine months a year ago, before just before COVID. But anyhow, he's like, I think it's a, it would be an insane opportunity for you. He might have been saying like, oh, man, I got out of that. Yeah. yeah. Like the you guy with all the luck is going, I got that guy off my back. Like didn't yeah. have to hurt too many feelings. He's like, got a better job. He's going to make more money. He's going to go yeah. solamente. And so... um. Because he probably felt bad too, yeah. and you know, yeah, who knows sure. if he, if he was, was going to be able to bring you to other opportunities. What's, ama- like, what's amazing is how good his memory is of that event. Yeah, talking to him over a year ago now. Yeah, that event was a memory that he like. Oh, I, I remember that happening. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing he wasn't uh, offended. Or, or pissed that you would even consider leaving. Well, I think at that, you know point, I mean? at that point, the industry yeah. is still pretty young. Yeah. It's blossoming, right? We're kind of like, we haven't hit pack sun momentum yet yeah. for brands, right? Yeah. So we've got, we got a guy going like, that's a core surfer. He's got a child to find a place to be able to feed his child, pay, his, pay for his house, you know, do all the stuff he needs to do yeah. in person. They're stoked for it. Yeah. And, you have, and you have roots already in O'Neill and, yeah. and that crew. And, yeah, they, you know. they, they all knew that I had known those guys. And so anyways, I, uh, I made the transition. It was a full transition. It was, hey, Herb, I'm going to take this thing with Bernardi full time. I'm going to back off of that. Yeah, back and off of the person, the person that I gave my job to at Astrodeck is Brad Duarte. 
from Balcom. No way. Yeah. Sick. So Herb goes, who do you think I should hire? I said, I think you should hire Brad. Yeah. And so he took Brad in and Brad was like, a, and Brad still has an amazing relationship with Dibby and Herbie and they still communicate and they still talk. Yeah. Sick. So it's really cool. Like they got, a, they got, yeah, you know, so Brad, Brad's full, awesome. Full, full, full on, on O'Neill. Okay. And I never worked. Team, team manager. Yeah, I never worked a full day, full week in my life. Probably a full day. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember, and this is one of the greatest stories of starting full time. <laughs> I had a buddy whose who's name is Dave Regal. He's no longer alive anymore. But I remember after my second full day of work working for Bernardi, showing up at his house with anxiety, hearts pumping, and I'm going, dude, I'm way over my how head. the fuck do you go to work every day of your life? This fucking sucks. And he literally looked at me and he just goes, sit down, take a breath, and then just goes, you are the biggest pussy in the world. So funny, huh? <laughs> he, he probably was just like, welcome Put to the real world. So, like, dude, well, you, you know, welcome to the real life. world. I think I showed up the next day and Tim Bernard was like, you've never done this three days in a row. He knew. Yeah. And it was like, nope. And I go, this is freaking me out. I called Quack up at the end of two weeks and went, dude, can I come back? You did? I have my old job back at Pirate Surf. I don't care. I can't do this. And he's like, no, you need to stay there. You need to work through that. Yeah. You need to get past that fear yeah. of what that looks like. Because, yeah. you know. It was, was it a lot of responsibility or just all new and, and like the moving parts and how did... You were in a cage. <laughs> well, it was like I felt I felt caged, right? There were some moving parts. There was budgets. It was it was. I've always worked in a capacity. It's been a, more than a team manager. It's been a lot of marketing stuff. Yeah, a lot of retail marketing, and then it would lead into you know obviously advertising. Um, but it kind of you know I, I I started making the transition. Then we we uh, you know our, there was already the Rufos, the Repogals. Yeah. And there was the, the galleys, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, at that point, boom. We Dude, you're up. lucky you didn't get your job back because they folded Pirate Surf. Pirate Surf pretty soon after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, so I, all again, 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 my luck Yeah. or, you know, God yeah. coming down on me has been a good thing. And at that point was <laughs> the transition of us signing Corey. Yeah. And, uh, and so we brought Corey to O'Neill. Bringing youth. Him and I were both at the same time. And at that point, Chris Ward was on Gotcha, but he was riding, he was riding Lost and O'Neill wetsuits. So we were kind of like had this involvement, this little kind of SoCal thing, kind of Lost movies and Corey and, and Chris Ward. That's cool. And, and how did that work? Did you handle team for rubber and clothing or just clothing yeah, so, but you had to yeah so we always we've always ran a business that we've coordinated with them because yeah. the rubber business is so unique it's not like a typical rubber business it's yeah. such a big robust business yeah right it's, it's across but at that time you had just rubber riders and then if there were yeah. apparel you they were probably 100 percent yeah. 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 yeah so that was your your big first move was signing Corey. Corey, yeah, it was our nice. first big move. And how old was he? he like was 17. 17. Wow. Yeah. And was that when he and like made his big 
That's when he came off. Of, yeah, that's when he came off of a uh, of billabong, and um, was just getting ready to go out on the QS. Yeah, and so. So did that movie launch the five five nineteen in the corner? No, that was much further after okay. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Further after that, and so we worked kind of like, um, you know, Tim and I worked hand in hand on on getting Corey on the program. Corey was a funny deal. You know, he shows up with his dad. He's like, you know, Corey. And then a couple of days later, he shows up with like, his dad's not there and he's got green hair and he's just baked, you know what I mean? It was just like <laughs> classic, you know. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm showing up professionally with dad, dad takes off and it's yeah, like, yeah. I'm back to a kid. Yeah, back to being a kid. And uh, obviously, you know, um, people from Florida notoriously were yeah. kind of like, um, they were vagabonds. <clears throat> and at that time, did you guys have like a substantial like, Part of the the surf market on the East Coast, or was that part of the <coughs> part of the angle of like, hey, we need a good, strong, up and coming East Coaster, you know? Because business, you know, and I know like, you know, East Coast brings in a lot of yeah, yeah. You so, know, everybody thinks you know surfing West Coast, but sur- the East Coast is huge. And so East that Coast po- is that, huge. So yeah. at that point, you got to go with Corey's spending significant amount of time on the West Coast at in San Clemente, yeah, and in Hawaii. So we were more hiring just a hot, young, upcoming talent. Obviously, yeah. you know, as years go on, he spends more time in Florida. He's become a big factor for us in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. So he was the first big, big guy that we uh, we signed. He was a young kid at the time. And we always, we knew him before. I knew him yeah. from him surfing with Jeff and Ryan Hurley. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like kids, you know, yeah. you see him down at the beach and you're like, they're grommets. Yeah, Corey and, and Shay used to come and, yeah. and stay pretty much all summer. I mean, yeah. so with Kelly, they would all come to Huntington and obviously travel and go surf Florida. You used to stay with a guy named Jim All. Oh, yeah. Jim All, I know. Yeah, yeah along with CC. Yeah. So all, those guys, all those guys were filming and do, doing their deal. And um, yeah, so anyhow, that was the first yeah. guy that I, I got a chance to sign. And then we kind of, you know, worked our way out from there. We just kind of... Um, started fight. Well, we were building the brand. Yeah, you know, O'Neill was apparel was very small. Um, the group of guys that um, that you know bought it and owned it, you know, were basically um, super gracious with me. They gave me a, a, a lot of latitude and longitude to work with inside. You know, yeah. Be building team again. I was super involved with <clears throat> a lot of the product that so we were building. Who? Who owned O'Neill Apparel back then? Well, they still own it. Same guys. Yeah, La Jolla still owns it. Those guys are the originals. So they they launched O'Neill Clothing, La Jolla Group. Correct, yes. Okay. Yeah. And and O'Neill Wetsuits. It's owned by Pat O'Neill. Still. Yeah. That's awesome. Still this day, yeah. Okay. And then it's 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 Whose idea was it? Family, yeah. Yeah. Whose idea was it to start O'Neill Clothing? Timber well, it started a couple different times. So they've had a few different licensees that have that have worked for them that did really well. Um, this one here is stuck and been very successful. Yeah. Um, super disciplined group of business owners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they they're very clear on who they are and who they aren't. Um, it shows in the products they build, and they're very astute to, this is the person we're chasing. Yeah. They look like this, and they look like that, and yeah. we go after those people, and we let everyone else service yeah. these other groups. So I, I'm, well, I'm, I want to talk about all the talent, you know, since we bring up Corey, 
and specifically <clears throat> like you had your hand in bringing on your Timmy Reyes, Brett Simpson, Brett Simpson. Yeah. So there's and, been a, and, there's, yeah, for a while. Uh, Kanoa Igarashi yeah. as well, right? Yeah, he rode for us until he was about, oh, I think about. You were his first major. 13 or 14, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. before leaving and going to Quicksilver. Yeah. We had a lot of, we had a, we, we had a, a really firm grip on youth. So yeah. essentially, you know, um, we sponsored Corey and then we, you know, we kind of moved a few other pros around there. There was, you know, Jay Moriarty was one of our young pros that we mm-hmm. had that obviously, you know, he died in a, in a shallow water blockout situation in the Maldives. Um, we had several surfers that kind of rode for us that were young. Yeah. And I John had, John. pardon me? John yeah. John. Yeah. Well, so the, so the kind of the, the first big main kid that we captured and we started marketing really young was John. Um, and how, we, how old was he when he was brought on? And were you the guy that brought him yeah, on? Yeah, no, it was well. It was I had a team manager. I think I mean there's uh, pictures uh, of him at like yeah, seven, eight with yeah, O'Neill so on it was, early. It was Pete. It was Pete Johnson. Uh, he was. They were. They were living at a across the beach park from them. And so Pete's like, hey, I got this little kid, and he's really, really impressive. And so we started sponsoring him kind of right around five and a half or six. Getting him board shorts, little t-shirts, little sweatshirts, five, little wetsuits. Five and a half or six. Yeah. <laughs> so, and we were like, wow. And it was definitely like, wow, there's something, there's yeah, something really special here. Um, and what's interesting is, is that I think it's something I probably kind of understood like, and, and probably something that I, I learned from Herbie and kind of saw at Quicksilver with Quack, because Quack was a very interesting marketeer. Yeah. And I kind of took that and kind of was like, hey, you know, this this youth market, it's one thing to talk about. It's another thing to really do it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people really weren't doing it. They were wanting to market young to sell the masses. But I wanted to actually make kids super make, cool. Make kids cool. So the other kids thought they were cool, that kind of early marketeering sort of world. And that was kind of my thought process. And so obviously, um, you know, we got, you know, again, probably more, some more, you know, luck, right? You land on this kid that obviously is extremely gifted. He lives in the right place. He's getting a ton of exposure as far as surf, you know what I mean? And, um, And they're wanting to go surfing and to be able to participate in that energy was obviously an amazing gift. And as we started adding layers of other people to the team, and we've had, you know, all kinds of kids from all over the country that I think have, um, have played, you know, a huge part in elevating the brand. Oh yeah. You know, well, you got, you got to look at how O'Neill's wetsuit side, you know, their youth, they're one of the ones that, you know, executed youth product on the rubber side, you know, really well over the years and to have that mirrored on the clothing side and and, and yeah i mean though well the one thing is is one's native the way to fit suits right yeah. people are like hey i'm a this and it's like i'm this tall and i weigh this much they were the go-to they're crazy they're yeah. the go-to people right and so we capitalized on some of that energy as we were building the apparel company and then you know a lot of great opportunities we had uh you know, there's the owners of the company that do operations, but they brought in John Warner from Quicksilver. Mm. So he came to run the company for a long time, which is a, um, 
a brilliant guy. Yeah. Understand all different facets of market and how to build brand. And it was it was great. You know, again, that was another exposure to me to like how products built, how development is, how you, you know, to be able to seriously work um, with merchandisers and designers and then, you know, develop the line for retail. Because that was like a big time where it's like people were searching, brands were always being searched for. What is the one thing you have that differentiates you from them, right? You yeah. know what I mean? Everyone kind of had their things. <clears throat> their, so, their marquee styles and pieces. I, I wanted to ask you about that. So, you know, you're a team manager, right? right? But you work closely with developing Yeah, the, the industry is so small. You got, yeah. And our company's not very big, so it's just like, yeah, hey, my yeah. office is here, the CEO's there. Yeah. You, know, you don't have a marketing, you don't have an advertising like agency. Every, no. Yeah. Everybody is so small. Yeah. yeah. But you, you had a hand in, in the direction of the product. Yeah. And ads, you know, yeah. what the ads are going to look at, who yeah. we're going to use in this issue and that ad and that issue. Because yeah. at one point in time, right, O'Neill was the juggernaut in wetsuits, right? Yes. Well, I think they still, it's very arguable still they're probably the number one wetsuit company in the world as far as scale and size and then innovation and direction that we get because we kind of are first to market with a lot of innovations. But, right? Animal suit. But. (laughs) Now there's Hyper Freak. The the handshake and like you're this and you're that and we're cool, those lines got crossed, right? Rip Curl. Yeah. Makes clothing. Right. Oh, the, oh, oh, that time makes period. Yeah. Clothing. So, Billabong makes a wetsuit. Yeah. yeah. Quicksilver makes. Everybody's a wetsuit. making everything. Rusty got into the clothing. Lost started yeah. building clothing. Like. Yeah. All the. So, so you're in the river. midst of all that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The whole kind of industry is forming, Saturating. and what's happening is is that a great deal of margins being made on product yeah. apparel product. Yeah. You know what I mean? The yeah. Because wetsuit is. There's always so much margin in it. Yeah. Wetsuits. What, a forty percent margin for it's retail. the cornerstone and foundation of our brand from our founder, but ultimately yeah. we have an amazing apparel company. We have an amazing snow company. We have yeah, all these yeah. crazy products that we make. So, so going back to that, when that kind of like, kind of like the 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 war, we'll call it a war, yeah. a battle in the surf shop. I think it's space. a harmonious convergence. Like the industry is apexing, and everyone's trying to get a piece of it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the thing that really pushed the envelope for apparel right. and marketing was the board short, right? So for us it, personally, our my opinion of for apparel is is the first thing we had was the super freak. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Like when you guys came out, I think and yeah. marketed hard the super freak. It it. Elevated and it, it, it transitioned our apparel thing into here's our item. This yeah. is what we're about. And so what what why that worked for us is it worked from we had trusted customers in O'Neill wetsuits and they're like we made a pair of board shorts appear like a piece of hard good. Yeah, yeah. Because there was features and benefits around it. Yeah, like there is around a wetsuit. And you made that happen. I didn't make that happen. I made that happen with you the heard team that here people. first, folks. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, they have but... the team of people that made it happen, and we did a lot of research and development. Yeah. There's a lot of really great people behind that thing. And I worked with the guy that came up with a super freak. 
Joey Joey Jorgensen. Yeah. yeah. So Joey Jorgensen started working on that thing with um, with John Hunter, mm-hmm. and we just started tweaking on it and testing it and surfing in it. Yeah. John and, Hunter, who yeah. John Hunter is, is works for O'Neill Wetsuits. Yeah. And that guy's amazing. Yeah, so a lot of our innovations come from them. And this and the thing was kind of like um Well you couldn't be a surf company without having yeah. like a legitimate like board short program, but yeah. let alone like you guys nailed it. Ins- inspired from innovation on the rubber yeah. side and, and nailed it. Well yeah, it was it was a first, first so for its class, there has been stretch other stretch products. For right? sure. But this thing came out and was like, huh, that's something. And yeah. it and it and it came at the right time because this is my opinion is we rolled that thing out we rolled that thing out it was Corey Archie yeah Gerlach Tamayo Shane Beshin all these guys were wearing this thing at the at that moment you had your Chris Gallagher's your Adam Rapogles yeah all those guys at that moment were kind of like their guys in their own little regions and they were the guys. Yeah, okay. and we rolled them out and we we kind of did this kind of like what was really well known by O'Neill was like these sort of team ads where everyone's standing there. Yeah. And we and we went out like by Sharks Cove and we did this whole photo of all these guys. And it, it, it that that's kind of how we rolled it out. It's like this bigger than life sort of concept. And it was this board chart when you looked at it, it was like it was crazy. It had all these like arrows pointing to everything that it did and how yeah, like, like, all the bells and whistles I mean yeah. it was crazy well yeah. the interesting thing is, is prior to that board chart being made truth be told Sean Thompson and I worked on a board chart called the Icon that had no inseams in the crotch it was designed for Indo it had a pouch in the back that was mesh you could drop your booties into for walking on the reefs in Indo it was a whole thing and it got squashed. And it was, no, it was just so expensive to do, but it was so radical. And it already had stretch fabric in it because Sean came to work at O'Neill for a year. Yeah. And we worked together on this thing. And then that thing went down. We started talking about a board chart. We pulled the icon out and went, here's what we were trying to do. Yeah. And that's when the beauty of, at that point, which was, you know, CADs were drawn by pencil at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then CADs started to be driven by computer-generated stuff. That's where Joey really came in and put his magic. Yeah. And there's that. Well, he took that ergonomic paneling from like the suit Blue and added it to yeah. welded seams. Yeah. Well, that. there's a, actually like a there's a full-blown patented yoke on it that does something extraordinary for stretching. It's like a thing at like it's, 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 there's there's a lot of crazy stories behind O'Neill and stretch board shorts what we kind of did for the industry and so, the whole thing to me and like that's what i was saying correct me if i'm wrong you're wrong super freak was before phantom right yes okay yeah. so you because i mean board shorts is uh, there was super freak being marketed and then we worked on a board short called hyper freak we didn't push it massively into the market because we we're like our the o'neill strategy has been work Keep working this hyper freak muscle, you know what I mean? And uh, excuse me, super super freak, freak muscle. Mm-hmm. And and the hyper freak was designed. <clears throat> Phantom came out. They did a bunch of really great marketing mm-hmm. with Rob and everybody. And then we moved into the following year with our hyper freak, and we had another kind of like comeback year after yeah. that. So we you guys did. had a patent on a design aesthetic. 
design aesthetic and in that design aesthetic was a lot of this stretch stretch material because yeah. because hurley had the entry list you know the the velcro list uh zipperless pattern yeah you know like how everything yeah. has like that yeah was... so what happened was is when they introduced that yeah we actually went to the nike attorney said that's actually not true look at this board chart we made here that had it in it before you had it yeah so did they not get? Uh, so they we didn't. The the whole industry was able to was use able it. to use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just I, I you know one of the most interesting things about a brand and that separates you know it from others like we were talking yeah. about is product, but then the marketing because yeah. your product could be super fucking amazing. Yeah, but. The marketing's got to be marketing marketing that really yeah, the, so, the, so, so that thing was just, I mean, if you didn't get, I mean, if you didn't get beat over the head with that thing, you yeah. might not have been around in the first few years of well, 2000. It, it was know? the product. You didn't have, you didn't look it, at a surf magazine because we were slamming. It was people. a three yeah. page at the beginning of, I don't know, was it surfing or surfer? I don't know. You probably did both. We, we did. Uh, well, so surfing magazine, we were the gateful yeah. surfer magazine. We were the second ad in. Yeah. Transworld Surf, they rotated the inside covers. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, we kind of, you know, did our own kind of like... Which is hard to get, you know, because those are so bought up. And, you know, like the strategic of yeah. that, like, and side that was, of the business, nobody talks yeah. about. But, like, yeah. back then, the product placement yeah. and the and that was Kelly. Was, that was Kelly Gibson, who was uh, oh, a sales man. manager and then became the president and then became the CEO. He was kind of an advocate of, you know, hey, yeah. let's kind of, yeah. you know... I was always like, we need to lock up everything we can lock up. You know what I mean? So yeah. if it was like, hey, Transworld Magazine starting, I'm talking to Preston and Zelda because I know I'm going like, hey, we, we want the we want in on this thing. Come on, you know? Yeah. It's always kind of like, yeah. you know. There's filter. so many, uh, as you're talking, there's so many things that pop in my mind that is so interesting to get your point of view on because you you lived it you know yeah well the it's it was a it was obviously a really cool time because in today's business they wouldn't give uh probably the some sort of exposure yeah that i was giving i probably just walked into offices and was like hey what the fuck's going on here <laughs> and just interject myself in the conversation but we were doing a lot of testing and r&d of products um we had a lot of, you know, a lot of interesting developments, you know, yeah. we've kind of throughout that we've innovated in some areas. Um, you know, that Jack O'Neill thing is kind of like did it first sort of thing. So they really operate well when they kind of do little things and then, you know, some are successes, some are not. Yeah. The, 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 the O'Neill going after the youth, you had top performing competitive athletes you had the nostalgic, like old school guy, which was a Jack, you know, like all the brands as they got older, had to figure out how to service like all those different like demographics. Yeah, it's an 80 to 80 demographic, yeah. right? So we, and we had, um, you guys did it, you know, I was just saying like O'Neill, like a Quicksilver did, you know, took it out of their playbook of, you know, it's all about youth and seating and having that local kid shop and then the regional guys and the pro guys. And then they, oh, let's create, you know, um, Waterman's and let's yeah. create like that kind of Tommy Bahama ish, like, you know, high quality. Well, it's just servicing a customer that like needs a space. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we had Sean Ward on. Yeah. And 
he had so much good things to say about Parliament. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was he was like, yeah, you know, he kind of gave me my first shot at being a industry guy, right? Yeah. I mean, he was while well, he was Sean um, was living with uh, Timmy Reyes. And they were surfing, and I was kind of watching him. He was kind of grinding away at some results, and um, just really just a, a hardworking guy, hard you know, working class yeah. guy. Um, I kind of associated that kind of resonated with me. I was kind of like that working class kind of pro, and kind of you know, a little similar almost stories, kind of. And so, um, I was like, What are you gonna do? You know, like, what's gonna happen here? Like, what's your end game? And, um, he uh, subsequently was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just kind of, you know, go on event to event, making some prize money, living with Timmy. I'm like, have you ever considered, you know, working or doing anything like that? Because I had a prior guy that I gave a shot to before. I'm a kid by the name of Micah Pitts from San Clemente. I remember Micah. Yeah. Red hot freak. surfer, good yeah. surfer, yeah. air guy, close with the Bessians. He worked for me for about uh, eight years and then kind of moved to Santa Cruz. And then, um, and then I was like, went through a space there where I was like, you know, watching Timmy and seeing what Timmy was doing and going, okay, hey, Sean, what do you think about this? And Sean, I kind of resonated with a look on his face like, yeah, you know, I worked hard and grinded to get to where I've got to. It's been predominantly through surfing, right? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, hustling boards or doing whatever. And I think he was kind of like, whoa. So we, we, uh, we, got him in there and gave him a shot and he he did a great job for us yeah i think the kids all the kids loved him at that point it was like um luke davis rode for us there was john john that rode for us at the time and he played a, a big role with kanoe garashi he played a, a huge role with uh colt ward um and he did a really great job of of, of helping those kids um foster their careers you know yeah he was kind of always sean as you guys know well it's kind of caught up in process right like how do you do it and uh, and 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 it's funny because i've told him this story that i've told other people that work for us in different departments and it's just like you know really it was just simple like i was getting ready we just signed um i just signed Jory Smith. Wow. So I had. Yeah, let's know. talk about that because. Wait, let him finish <laughs> okay. and then we'll so go. So we just Jordy. signed. This is just him, uh, Sean, coming to work for us. So Jordy had just started riding for us. Timmy Reyes on the world tour. Trent Monroe was on the world tour. Um, Roy Powers is on the world tour. We just hooked up um, Bobby Martinez for the first year. Uh, that he had ridden for us. And. Dang. We had another one. We had like. Almost eight guys on tour at the time. Damn. Um, and then we had guys in the Kiwi. Yeah. And this is post, you know, all the success of, you know, Shane had already retired. Um, and Gurr. Shane, and Gurr. Shane and Rochelle had already retired. Gurr was just out riding, you Big know. Waves. 60 footers, yeah. And Sean was like. Which snips made him, by the way, you know, go yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, the crazy thing is, is Sean was kind of like going, dude, I'm taking this job and you just dropped me on the curb. Like, what What am I supposed to do here? And I'm just yeah. like... Just take care of these guys. Your family, girl. Here's the most simple thing I can tell you. 
And it's the only thing I live by is just do for them as you'd want to have done for yourself. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what he said. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And um, like if you're in their position, like how, how what would you want? Yeah. Help, help. And I'm like, work. a lot of this, and I explained to him, like, a lot of this job has a lot less to do with tech, like teaching. It's more about fostering, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, at the end of the day, people have asked me, with all these people that you've been exposed to, you know, how do you measure your success? And it isn't measured by the results they have now. It's not measured by, like, did they qualify or not qualify? It's when I'm done with these people that we've sponsored, whether they've been an ambassador kid that gets free clothes or they're a pro server. It's like, what kind of human is he in 25 years? Yeah. Have I affected that person? Yeah. And the philosophies they have on life. Yeah. Which is, yeah, which is, you know, how most mentors or yeah. or or a, a figure, whether it's a sponsor or a father-like or a company that's just looking out for your best interest yeah. should yeah. be. But it doesn't always happen like that. But I mean, that's I don't know. Commendable. I mean, people that have worked with Bob Hurley yeah. have had amazing experiences and that he's advanced their life. I yeah. guarantee you, yeah. those guys might have been like, I wanted more of this and more of that. He advanced their life regardless because yeah. the knowledge that he drops on you, you're just like, yeah. okay, whoa, this yeah. guy's just said some really amazing dynamic things. Yeah. And you might shift. not understand it yeah. at the moment, but when you look back at it in yeah. life, just like Sean did, yeah. Sean, Sean Ward, like, I mean, I have those moments all the time that I step back and stop and I think of Dibby and Herbie. I think of Danny Clock. Yeah. I think of John Gothard. Icon. Think of all these guys yeah. that have told me so much about, yeah. hey, here's what you got to do. And, you know, I had, we had about a year and a half that Sean Thompson worked at, um, with us at O'Neill. Yeah. And he had a lot of really interesting philosophies about life and goals and, his whole kind of rollout that I think is really rolled out in his life and his public speaking now, a lot of early stuff that he yeah. just laid on me that he might not even realize he was laying on me. I'm like, wow, that was pretty heavy, you know? Well, <laughs> I mean, a South African that became an icon in, in the surfing was at the top of the game, at top, you know, just he's a world deal. champ, right? Yeah, he's world champ. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sean, what, 89? No, no. I mean, sorry, 79? 76. 76, yeah. that early? Yeah. And he, uh, or 77, he also, yeah, he, too, he, he also has yeah. a degree in finance. Yeah. So, so he's an he educated really? guy, super smart, he's knowledgeable, and, but, um, and has, has had some trials and tribulations throughout. Oh, life. God. Yeah. yeah. Just radical stuff's happened yeah. in his life. You know? That's what I mean. He's been exposed and has gone through like so many different. But the show's chapters. not about Sean Thompson. No, not at all. This is but, about Tarleban. But, but, <laughs> He's where yeah. he's at because of these. Yeah, these, these guys, these too. are the guys who well, I kind of feel like. And what trips me out when I look back on it and I just go, well, God, I'm a kook and look at all these people. Like, how do I even get near any of these people? Yeah. Really, at yeah. the end of the day, it's like, yeah, yeah, I surf okay. And yeah, whatever. I got a couple of little results here. And yeah, I picked up a couple of sponsors. Like, I got fortunate that all these guys dropped a lot of knowledge on me. This guy, <laughs> this guy over here. <laughs> Same thing. No, your your status is about how good you rip over here. This guy <laughs> judges no, people. No, dude, that's not. That's this not guy. True. If, let's just I'm put not it that way. shallow. Yeah, you're pretty shallow. Come if, on, if bro. you rip, you're you're pretty cool. No, I said but, that helps you. Yeah, it does. I'm it just does. Yeah. And he surfed well he enough did. to 
get yeah. where he got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think in reality, it's like, yeah. Probably not. No. <laughs> so, probably okay. probably. so so going back, uh, at that time you had eight or so WCT guys. You put Sean Ward on to help you. Yeah, well, I, need, I needed Sean to basically travel manage the and, youth. Yeah. yeah, I was going on tour with all these guys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going on the road. You're going on the CT. I'm, go, I'm going on the road. The youth. He's going to manage all the youth. And... Pick up. Well, the thing about it is we had two critical youth guys right there. We had John and we had Luke and we had behind them Kobayashi. We had just this winning oh. group of kids all the way down through mini groms, yeah. right? K- K- and Kobayashi and all of those kids. Yeah. So the uh the and and the reality was is like, okay, um, and by the way, you know, a lot of that team really got built by committee. It gets built by, you know, the before Sean was there, it was a lot of Micah and myself working on it. You know, prior I was there alone. Yeah. A to Z from the bottom to the top. You know, every, well, probably for you, it was like, I'm there on the weekends. You're like, this guy's here on the weekends. And all of a sudden, I may be going to a tour event. And then I'm coming back and all weekends. And then at those championship events, always there on the weekend. So that's the Timmy Reyes and the Roy Powers coming through those amateur events, the Gadalskis brothers that rode for us. I mean, there's just so many kids that came through the program that really for me, helped me refine how you work with people. Yeah. Right. Because the method, the method of every kid learns by getting beat with a rod doesn't mean anything. And the other kid, this kid needs a care. There's just all these different types of personalities yeah. Yeah. that you kind of learn. It's like, I kind of go, you know, how many which times, is, why, how many times did I call my sister as a psychologist to talk to her about this yeah. stuff? Like, I, <laughs> which like, is, which just send me an invoice, yeah. which is a, a life lesson, you know, how yeah. like Robbie Jester, how to read the room, how to read people. And you know, the better you are, at, you know, in your position, servicing these yeah. different needs and that same need, I work. There's got to be a different. There's approach. another can of worms that we probably you probably don't want to talk about, and you know, sure, yeah, you're dealing with a kid, right? That's a an amazing <clears throat> talent, a freaking nature, and then the parent. <laughs> I mean, I think the parents are all just kind of it's a it's a it's an exciting time, right? Your kid, uh, for some people, it's second generation surfers, yeah. and they're very excited about it. Uh, for some, it's first generation surfers. Have you seen my kid don't... surf? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, kidding. I'm, re- yeah. I'm ready to get. You know, they don't know a lot about. But it's I don't think it's on. really as tricky as people make it out to be. I think once you learn how to deal with people, yeah, you can deal with the people very well. Okay, let's talk. No, I'm calling bullshit. But no, <laughs> we're not going to say any names. You don't have to say any names. But tell us the gnarliest parent? conversation you've had with a parent. The because uh, I'm sure you've had them. You're I'm fired. sure you had to run in, uh, yeah. run in with a with a with a parent that hey, why didn't get my why didn't my kid get an ad? Why didn't get my you know my kid yeah. wants a purple suit, not a lavender suit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think the hardest part is really like understanding like parents are just they're tricky people, right? Yeah. At the end yeah. of the day. Um, We've had some weird ones though. We had one where, so I I I uh, got super lucky when I was young. I I 
scrapped together some money and I, I uh, invested in a house, right? So I had a house that I think, lo and behold, everyone just kind of considered the O'Neill house, right? If people on my street considered it the O'Neill house, it was like, that's the house. So I think it was a, the assumption of people that it was a house that O'Neill was renting and paying for. And I had a mother and a daughter show up, pound on the door at like 10 o'clock at night. And I was with, I had like four kid, four boys already there that night getting ready to go to like a morning comp with my son in the house already, you know? And the, and the mom's like, hey, we're here. And I'm like, this is pre-cell phone, right? So it's a household phone rings. And they call and I'm like, what's going on here? And, uh, and they're like, well, and I open and, I, and they're like, we're just down the street. And I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? Like, and they're like, well, we're coming by. I'm like, what do you mean? And so I hang up the phone and they come by, they're at the front door knocking on my door now. And they got these, the one mom had like four suitcases and was like, they were getting ready to move in. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. This is my house. This is, what are you, they're like, no, it's O'Neill's house. We're staying here. We ride for O'Neill. I'm like, no, you're not. You're not, <laughs> you're not coming in the house. Get the fuck out of here. And so it was one of those deals where it was like, wow, you know, like, um, there's no separation of church and state with some people. Right, they just right. look at you at all times like you must be a uh, a metamorphosis of O'Neill at all times and you know, we're just do whatever we want to do to take advantage. There's been some trippy, trippy ones. I think in general though, when I really break down parents and how they kind of are with their kids, I think at the end of the day, it's just a lot of people that are just really excited and just want the most for their grandma. For you know? sure. It's a hard yeah, one. For sure. And I, I mean, you've been doing it a long time and it would be funny to hear all the, you know. Yeah. There's been a lot of funny ones. I'm sure well, it has as, been. As a, you know, ex-pro and of course, it's my passion in life. I think yeah. it's, 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 all I do is think about surfing to this day. If yeah. I wasn't working, what are the waves like? When is it going to be good? What's it going to, you know, like yeah. that's truly what we, we're eternal drawn. <laughs> yeah. But the traveling, going back to your first trip to Australia and all those memories of like going to all these, you know, places you've only seen and read and saw in books and movies and all of this and going there. There's nothing better than having that like opportunity. So I'm like, yeah, of course I want my grandma to surf, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. No, it's exciting. My, my but, son, Tyler, um, single-handedly, you know, the best investment in my life. He was super into it. Yeah. Um was really really good and had a you know a traumatic injury where he you know snapped his ankle it folded over and they plated it and screwed it and it was like i was on the road going on the road leaving to go with jordy to snapper destroyed his leg and it's never been the same since you know yeah. for him he just enjoys surfing and getting him to stay in love with surfing was like my whole life's quest to like don't hate it because it didn't Pan out to be pan out to what you thought it would be because yeah. he was going through this moment where it's like you know, Dino and Snips were like, dude, he might be the kid on the way. He's the kid. He's really good. You know, he's kind of winning a bunch of stuff and being that kid. Yeah. And then kind of, I think it not reaching its full potential form because of an injury. It's it's hard. It's hard yeah. as a parent, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And but then how old is he? He now is thirty. What? The yeah. Fuck? Yeah, he's yeah, 30. 30 year old. Yeah. So the, the beauty of it is, is that he's in love with surfing again yeah. in his life. And really at the end of the day, yeah. 
you know, it's all over I really wanted him to be able to surf so we have something we could do something together. Yeah. And you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so it's so just, surf is. Can I ask cool. you? Uh, sorry, Jay. Can I ask you about John John and how that breakup was? Was that gnarly? Was that crazy? No, I mean no? it was the greatest. It was only benefiting him. Yeah, it was right? only it was benefiting him. I mean, obviously, um, it's so, super exciting time. We, pardon me. So w- when that happens, right? Like, obviously, it's like you have John John, and he's the best surfer in the yeah. world. And is it his? Does he have a manager, or is he like at that present time? He started out. In, the, in, in our negotiation without a manager and then acquired a couple along the way. Yeah. Um, he, I mean, at the end of the day, for me personally, that's a, that's a lot of successful work that happened there. Yeah. And so for someone to pass on after 17 years. Was that 17 years that he wrote for Open? Yeah. Wow. It's not a reflection of just like what we did. Um, yeah, so let me, let me do this math here. He's six, no, five six. or six when you first started with you guys. 19 he left? 14. 14 years. 14 years. Um, that to me is like, you know, a, a, a lot of work. Yeah. But I think at the same time too, it's just super gratifying seeing what happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, someone is fulfilling all their goals. They're checking them off. You know, he... Um, did he have those goals at an early age? Like, could you, you know, is that, I, think, I want to win the... You know, of course, I want to be a pro surfer. I, I want to be a pro. I want to be a pipeline pipe. master. Yeah. yeah, all those things for sure. I think what the most, uh, the beauty of that whole thing is, is that a a, a single woman yeah. got around a child that had a father that, you know, dismissed himself. Yep. And was able to, was able to reach these goals and along with the Johnson family yeah. and the Pizel family, we were able to participate yeah. alongside of them in parallel yeah. to help him get I mean, where he needed to get. It, there's no secret, a, a fatherless figure, whether it's a dismissive yeah. you know, parent or you know, maybe some parent passed away, not having that father figure is yeah. like, it's crucial. And you need guidance. And you need I, th- I, would say, I would say the two guys that have played the most major role are John Pizel and Petey Johnson. Yeah. I think we... Uh, we're fortunate enough to be kind of there for the ride, facilitate yeah. where we could. Um, they would have been there because they're local and they're infused yeah. in that community or whatever. You're fortunate enough because of visibility and being a, a brand that wanted, yeah. you know, to support. Yeah, we wanted to sponsor them. I think, though, our quest was a little bit different. So the people um, that I work with um, are a lot of professional sportsmen. Yeah. Um, it's Kurt Rambis. Of Los Angeles Because he's a part owner. Yeah, it's Doug Cosby of the Dallas Cowboys. It's Rich Brown, who, um, what, um, who's who's a a baseball player and a volleyball coach has high level uh, children that are athletes. Um, There's a guy named Bill Zolg, who's an incredible athlete. Also, those guys single handedly wanted to make sure that family was looked after. Yeah. When we endorsed them. 
they knew the hardships that she, they were experiencing and wanted to make sure they were looked after. That's good. Whether it be dental, whether it be tutoring, whether it be whatever it was needed, yeah. the resources were put there for that. Yeah. When an athlete goes from where John was at in his amateur years yeah. to it's time to go on to a major, more international role and then to do battle with, you know, yeah, because you're one injury away from your your life ending, like right. you're, like you spoke about your your kid, and you know, there's a lot of curveballs thrown yeah. at you, and there's a lot of just hardships that could fall on you. But to have that like foundation, like no matter what, if he doesn't turn into winning world titles or pipe masters or whatever, let's like you mentioned earlier, let's make sure that he's better off. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. later than he was earlier. Based we, on what we, we, we kind of felt like, hey, yeah. with the, with the yeah. Johnsons and the Pizels, his life was going to be better off regardless because those are just remarkable people. Yeah. Both families are, are good. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I would hate to I, look at end of the day is, yeah. is that kid woke up with the support of his mom and his siblings and worked his ass off yeah, yeah. for sure there's no doubt in my mind yeah you so, know <laughs> and so, he grew up in the most dreamy spot ever and yeah no. yeah but besides that you got so it. many so many kids too though I yeah know. so kelly slater drew, grew up in the most undreamy spot and is, is the most successful true. decorated athlete in the world decorated <laughs> so how tough was that when he finally called you up and say hey well, so we kind of watched it unravel. We were very yeah. close to it. Um, and the opportunity came where it was just so... Much money. So so it was such <laughs> a... At the end of the day, you're talking about, hey, a massive shift's going to happen. It's not an endorsement. It's a shift. It's a whole paradigm of like shift for like a, a, a youthful kid that we yeah. were like just stoked. I mean, yeah. really? Is it hard to watch him go well no am i close to him still to this day absolutely yeah are we close with his siblings absolutely ivan and nathan and alex we're close with them you know what i mean well we always wonder what that would have been like had those world titles came with us or had this that uh because yeah. it was kind of like we had him probably in two phases right phase one phase two and then Hurley got him in phase three. Now he's actually like in phase four. Yeah. You know what I mean? What I would call this sort of like five phases of professional surfing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's well, so, so what, a, what a cool opportunity to, to you know, yeah. have involvement with like an athlete like that who's just yeah. starting his career, even though he's yeah. kind of a veteran, you know? Yeah, but yeah. like, I and mean. That's, that's part of the reason why you're so important to the podcast and the in the industry because you you've had these more important to the podcast in the industry <laughs> you know what i mean you, you it's cool that it's cool this to gonna turn into some luck yeah. right? we got a new new gig yeah it's, it's cool to talk to you yeah. about that that's history yeah. you know that's yeah but history yeah. more more importantly like yeah but we're really part of it we're, we are just stoked to be part of his story yeah. and to this day our owners still ask how he's doing and how he's developing yeah. and you know hey we all watched him go through a major hardship with a knee thing yeah um that was you know that was radical to watch him get injured but, but the um the other like you know you know marquee athlete jordy smith yeah you know who's you know by far one of the you know freaks of nature and the yeah. best yeah. to ever put foot on a surfboard but 
there's very pivotal, pivotal, pivotal times that when youth turned pro or the hype or the industry, and it was Jordy and Dane Reynolds. You know, yeah. and it became like yeah. these two are the the new generation. Yeah. There's a bidding war going on. Yeah, they were. There, there's who's gonna go with who? They were the modern collective and, crew. Yeah, and you, and you guys were yeah able to outbid some of these. Yeah, we other had a, we had a that was an interesting one for sure. Um, really kind of like uh, you know to look back, you know, um, you know Graham Smith is kind of. The history on his dad is amazing, obviously, right? Um, he shaped for Sean Thompson and Martin Potter. You know, he was the guy that um, was the guy when we would travel to the Gunston 500 that you'd stay with in South Africa. You know, Jordy's dad, so everyone kind of knew about him and who he was. Um, but he wasn't, you know, in the u.s market like yeah, so, so the dad was not in the u.s market the yeah. dad had successful companies and he was actually a guy who was there in uh 1975 and 76 with yeah all the south africans in uh you know during the bronze Aussie era so he'd been a guy who'd surfed oh, around for the, sure his dad was kind of the guy right and so we watched jordy come through the system yeah so that was kind of, and it's been a thing of mine where I, I kind of watch people come to the system, like whether it be, you know, Jack Rabo developing as a little kid right. and watching him come through the system. I watched kind of a lot of people come through the system and go, whoa. And so Jordy was this one that I saw him uh, at the ISA World Games after knowing who he was and seeing him at the ISA World Games at 15, then seeing him at J-Bay you know, surfing like a man. Yeah, in the trials, there's a kid, and then coming through the trials and getting into the main event. And uh, what has subsequently happened for me was I came back from that year at J Bay and I went, I think the best kid in the world is this kid. Wow. And I think this kid right here is going to be one that everyone's going to say, I want to surf like that. Yeah. And the company was like, we haven't even heard of this kid yet. And that's Who what I mean. He? he wasn't part of like the market here, you right. know, like he was kind so, of removed, you know? Right. So he was removed, but when it came to the ISA world games, he yeah. was on a heater. Yeah. And when you saw him at those points, he was on a heater and he had this like innate ability yeah. to look at people's technique and style and go, I was coming out of Australia. I was like, Hey, I think this kid's the best kid. That's where the ISA ISA World Games Australia, and then you had uh, the ISA Games was here that year when he was fifteen. Then we went back to South Africa for the WCT. He was wild card. Yeah, he had to surf for that wild card, and he got it. He was in that event, and I was like, "Wow, this guy is gnarly. He's gonna be this kid's gonna be really good." So we just kind of watched him. We watched him through the QE, and then. We got into kind of like this positioning thing where we're like, okay, we probably ought to position for him. Um, it was a wild one. He because you had to move budgets around. You know, this wasn't going to be this going to be a pretty penny. We moved budgets around, but I moved my life around. Yeah. Jordy's dad came to America, moved in with me for six weeks. Wow! Didn't have a cell phone, and people. Are calling my cell phone to get a hold of him to have meetings with him to 
talk about sponsoring them. And I'm just handing the phone over because it's these Ugh. big, massive executives, CEOs of these companies calling me going, hey, can I talk to Graham? And I wasn't about to disrespect anybody because yeah. I was like, okay. So I'd hand the phone, let him go do his thing. And his dad just kind of So like, why you? Why did he stay with you? He came to America and was telling... The story I get was he was telling Jordy, there's this guy, Garth, man. I think this could be an interesting thing for us. He knows a lot about equipments. He's in the trenches deep. He's going to be there. And it's like, this guy's going to roll up his sleeve. He ain't going to just negotiate a deal. He's going to get involved in your life. Yeah. And subsequently, you know, we landed that deal. And then Jordy lived with me for seven years. So hold on, hold on. You, you... This is really interesting because, obviously, the guy could have stayed anywhere, really. Well, he could have ridden for any company he wanted to. Well, the dad <laughs> coming out here is what I'm saying. It's like, he he chose to stay with you because he liked you, right? Like like you said, you know, like there's something about Garth. There's people, and I think he's into people, right? Yeah. And then he's into like, hey, these people are trying to sell us yeah. on something. Yeah. Let's go see. And I think it was like a trippy deal. I was like, why don't you just come stay with me? I got a room. You can yeah, hang yeah. out. Yeah. Whatever. It's cool. I, you can do all your business. Take all your meetings you need to take. At the end of the day, Jordy was going to land a life-changing, lucrative contract. Yeah. And yeah. it was either going to be with you or another brand. Yeah. Correct. So to be able to you know, go into your point, why with you? Is, but I think, at the end of the, have, I think at the end of the day, to be perfectly honest with you, yeah, if but, I was to say I did something, no. I didn't do something. The company lined up the money. To get the get the number one yeah. draft pick, yeah. and we got the number one draft yeah. pick. But, but you the, played it as, hey, I, we're going to try our best based on what the company's going to do. But I, I'm going to facilitate just Garth as Garth. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you you didn't have any hidden agenda. You weren't doing anything. You're going to freaking curveball another call. Like, yeah, that, anybody they didn't call. Anybody, no, no, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anybody could have put the money up and got them, but you. Because of you and your relationship and your, per, you I think know. a little bit of relation would back, back with Graham. In yeah. Jordy's eyes, O'Neill really wasn't a thing. Yeah, yeah. It was like a, an American global surf company, but it wasn't like how we know O'Neill in the United States yeah. as a retail, yeah, dominant company. I, I'm sure he, you know, in the in his mind, he's like, well, I've rode for Billabong forever, and I could probably get. Uh, I want to roll with Annie and Joel, right? Yeah. Or I want to roll, Tom, or I want Tom. to go to Rip Curl, or I want to go here, right? Yeah. What ended up happening there in the end was, was that he was going to come to a, a deal with somebody. And I think ultimately at the end of the deal happened was, it was there was a human factor that started factoring in. Like, we're going to be with these people yeah. for a long time. It's a five, that thing started out as a five plus five. Yeah, five year plus five years. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. What I mean, we're gonna and be we're gonna party with someone for a long time. Who can we have dinner with? Who can we travel with? Yeah, and then and at, ultimately, you know, kind of being that marquee player and a, a a big fish in a littler yeah pool compared to some of the other stack teams. Well, he you came, know what he I mean. Came, he came in to ride for us, and it and it 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 was it, he had a, he fit a really good spot. He was young. Uh, he was very close with Ian Walsh. Ian Walsh rode first at the time. Yep. They were they were buddies, and um, he had signed with us in November and came directly to Hawaii. And yeah. at that point, Corey was kind of in his you know last couple of years of doing the tour, 
and was pretty stoked. Like, yeah, I'd like to really have that guy. And now to this day, yeah. I talked to Jordy about the kids were talking about sponsoring. It's yeah. as old school as ever. If you're yeah. talking, if I'm talking to Jordy, I'm gonna ask him, what do you think about Katie Simmers? Yeah. What do you think about Dimitri Polis? What do you think about that rail game? You know, what do you think about that? Like, what do you think about him? You know, as he enters attorney X. And that's cool to confide in yeah. somebody's different perspective and somebody obviously that is around that. Yeah. You know, around those people. Yeah. You know. And yeah. We and we're and the big thing is really is it's it's we're running it the same I think as I ran Astrodeck really. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just the same deal at the end of the day. Yeah. It's all it's all the same. It's just surfers and surf parents and the industry's got was really lucrative and now it's. You know, it, yeah. surfing's changed a lot. Yeah, well, I, I think um, you know O'Neill has had some of the best freaking surfers in the world for a long periods of time. Yeah, because you know Garth Tarlaban has been part of it. You know, you yeah. you put uh, a a personal touch to these guys. You know, mentoring them and and, and solid advice yeah. and and shit. You know how how <clears throat> he traveled the world on tour for a long time for a long yeah. time yeah to you know i still go to i still go to a few events i got to go this year with covid to, to jordy at pipe right after the birth of his first child and wow we were all covid tested up and you know living in his house kind of alone isolated from everybody and um you know he hadn't surfed for you know two and a half months trying to get a passport for his child we were he was stuck in london he red-eyed in you know, we did the event. I turned him back, sent him back, and he's now returned to America with a pass with a with an English passport for his child. You know, wow. it's crazy. Like, crazy. It's, what do you have? He had a baby boy. Yeah, nice. Ziggy is um Ziggy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Ziggy Smith. Yeah. Um, Congratulations. Yeah. There, bud. What a what a bummer. The cold water is not going to be on next month. Yeah, oh we were looking kind of. It was a it was an exciting opportunity. Would, would it be O'Neill? No. no, it was that they had a they had some sort of the WSL has a big non endemic, but still it would have been cool to see an event take place there. I mean the surfers you, I mean some love it, some don't. Yeah. yeah. It, it it would have been good for the states, good for the you know, the sport and good for yeah. you know, yeah. like how you know, all of the above. Like we always talk about it. It's like we sell two successful brands, but you know, you need the whole industry industry yeah. to yeah. You know, for what it is, yeah. you know, like so. I mean, how many people are surfing now? This is out of control. Crazy. I, I think we've just seen that. Now we just got to retain them, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be its own piece of data we'll probably look at someday, right? <laughs> like, oh, how many people started on their Costco Wavestorm and now they they order at, you know, hopefully. Hyzel. Hyzel or Lost. <laughs> yeah. Tube stamps. Yeah. yeah. Are, we, have you been blown away on the, like, you know, coming from a a pro where you're just stoked to get some free product and maybe make some money in a contest, yeah. you know, to what these guys are. I think it's amazing to see the sport grow the yeah. way it's grown. Like from where, not where I came from. We just talked but, about but the guys just, who are more successful than me, where it's gone from to where it is now. But yeah, it's an amazing transition to yeah. see. Yeah. Uh, it was really kind of looking to be uh, like out of this world yeah. lucrative yeah. for people. Um, and there's just, it's to be part of it and watch it yeah. because it really developed into something more, right? But yeah, yeah down to, I mean, you think about our forefathers, think about, well, for sure. You yeah. think about the, you know, the guys even prior to PT and that, the David Nuevas and those guys, yeah. they just were like, but it's, yeah. because they're stoked now. Look yeah. at it. But like you went down to Torquay Bells, 
he didn't have any place to stay. You know, I remember, you know, going to the QS and going to the ASP office and they give you a list of like accommodations yeah. Yeah. and like, here's the, you know, here, give you here's a little bit of a roadmap, yeah. you know, to now it's like the, oh. the, how the athletes are taken care of yeah. and how the setups are. And it just, yeah. it just makes, you know, everything that to much. see it, to see it get there yeah. is really cool to see where it's going to go and then to watch the kids that are coming through the fold now. I mean, the, I, I'm most excited to see women's surfing develop. Yeah, it's um, crazy. They've come so far. Dude. I got to have a couple, um, a couple trips, you know, uh, with some of the kids and, and the females, and they're just frothing. It's, it's sur- the surfing so is incredible. I mean, it's incredible. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see the ladybirds from Stab. Yeah, crazy, just baffling. But then yeah. you know, you see the. You know all all the rest of the women, and then you know there's the whole women's sport of surfing has yeah. become so athletic. Yeah. From longboarding to shortboarding to you know big wave surfing, it's radical. It's gonna be gnarly. Well, to Lululemon pants sales to well, biting suit sales they have, to they have, you know they actually, they actually have the most opportunity for progression. Yeah. Still. Yeah. Still. Yeah. And so that's gonna be a really cool thing to watch i mean this past year we've seen breakthroughs in in different in big wave wave pools aerials wave pool it's like it's crazy yeah and the age keeps dropping yeah well that's the cool thing right is that we're seeing these you know 11 and 12 year old it used to be like it was just a boy thing right you know um nea post was like the girl right girl you know yeah Good, good job, Nay, on going to become a doctor or yeah. something. <laughs> she got, she got, and basically that's the dynamic thing, right? Yeah. Like how, how radical is that? She's gone on to be a physician. It's yeah. radical. Yeah. yeah. Well, shoot. Yeah, we got to wrap it up. We got to wrap it up. Thanks um, for having me. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. There's so much other questions we we. We're gonna have to have you on have again have and, and dive into some of those like side stories and and you know some tour stories and yeah some drama stories. Um, yeah. Garth Tarlaban Tarlow, uh, you've been with O'Neill now. Twenty five years. Twenty five years. Yeah, that's incredible. But it, it's also cool to know that you know you're a kid from Fullerton. Yeah. <laughs> Easy Lakewood. Yeah. And Long Beach, bro. I same difference. Yeah. Did you row Long Beach? No. I'm from oh. Long Beach. Oh. This fool's from here. But um. Dude, Garth, uh, stoked you finally made it on the show, and thanks for your time. And yeah, dude, keep keep uh, we'll boss, to... fostering the growth of uh, and mentoring the future surfers of America. Yeah, and we'll have we'll have to give you shout outs every time uh, a guest drops your name. Yeah. <laughs> O'Neill, O'Neill, wetsuits and apparel. Buy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at your local surf shop yeah support your local surf shop yeah sweet thanks Garth thanks peace yeah. thanks for tuning in we hope you enjoyed the show please give us a five star rating and spread the word special thanks to our good friends James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music 